You, you want to see something really scary? What's the boogeyman? As a matter of fact, it was. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. Welcome to the Grave Plot Podcast. Welcome, all you beautiful people, to episode 224 of the Grave Plot Podcast. I'm Skeletoni. I'm Taylor of Terror, and welcome the ugly ones too. Yeah, we welcome everybody here. But don't talk. Nobody wants to hear from you. Yeah, we don't want to hear from the uggos. <laughs> so Taylor is not going to talk. <laughs> wah, wah. I'll talk all I want. This is my show. Uh, we're back. Um, on, on time. time. On time. <laughs> yeah. Um, this one could have easily been missed. Just on account of us being gone and busy and whatnot. It's true. Uh, I'm sure we talked about it in our last episode. We must have. But uh, we, we uh, took a trip. Took a little trip. Yep. Went down to Kokomo. <laughs> yep. Uh, Made a couple stops in uh, Aruba. Jamaica. Yep. Yep. <laughs> no, we... Uh, Bermuda. Bahama. Come on, pretty mama. <laughs> That's you. I'm the pretty mama? <laughs> I'm a pretty lady. <laughs> uh, no, we took a trick, trip uh, down Disney. Uh, we went we went way down Mexico way, but then we stopped at California. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, yeah, we just, just a really quick trip. Uh, we were down Sunday and then flew back Wednesday. Yep. Um, wish it could have been longer, but... What are you gonna do? Is what it is. It, I, I wonder if we didn't, if we hadn't originally planned to go down there for Ghost, if we would have stayed longer. If like the original plan was to go like down to Disney, probably. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there, we've, I'm sure we planned this months ago, so I'm sure we've talked about it plenty of times. Yeah, but, we have. So, yeah, the original plan was to go down for Ghost, and then it kind of just got whipped up into this thing where we were bringing the gals along. And well, yeah, because we were like, while we're down there, we might as well go to Disney. Was it? If, yeah. Oh, okay. I couldn't remember if we planned that before or after uh, the girls were coming. I mean, at least that's why she came. Was it? Yeah, because the it was her whole involvement was because we were going to Disney. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, that's where we went. Um, Disney was was great. I mm-hmm. mean, it always is. Yep. Although, like, I've never been, I've never bore witness to so many rides breaking down. Although, like, so, I mean, they've got this app. Everybody's got an app. And they've got the Genie Plus service, which I'm still very in the dark about <laughs> like I, I still don't fully understand it so i was you know banking on on yours and, and, and lynn's guidance um but uh 
I think maybe it could be that just because I saw that and I saw when rides were down, that maybe I was just more aware of it than I had been in the past. Probably. But yeah, I just never seen so many rides down just throughout the course of the day. <coughs> um, probably the most frustrating was Haunted Mansion. Yeah, it was down for a while. Yeah. And we were like about to get on. Yeah, <laughs> we, were, we were in the next group. Or we must have been the next group to get on. Yeah, we were just outside the front door. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, it's the, the music outside just stops playing. It had already been skipping. Like the music was skipping and then it stopped. And then you start seeing all these employees milling around and it's like, uh oh. <laughs> and then they say, okay, the ride's down. We don't know when it's going to be back up. People in the lightning lane, you are welcome to stay if you want, but just know if you leave, we are not honoring the lightning lane reservation. And we were in the lightning, lightning rain yeah. lane. <clears throat> and then, um, yeah, we, I think we just waited for a while and it's like, all right, well, let's give it five more minutes. If it doesn't come back up, then we'll, we'll bail. And it was almost five minutes. <laughs> yeah, it was like four and a half minutes yeah. later. <laughs> when they came out and said, all right, we, th- we're shutting this down. We don't know when it's going to be back up. We're ask you, you guys can leave. We'll give you passes for your lightning lane. Yeah. And, and that was pretty nice. Like that actually worked out pretty advantageously because, yeah, the great thing about when they do that is that it, you can use it for any ride at any time. Yeah, it's a completely open-ended genie pass, or lightning lane pass, I guess. Um, and so, yeah, but we ended up coming back later on after it had already opened again. We got on, and how many times did it stop while we were on the ride? Like at, three or four? At least three, yeah. Fuck. It's like, get your act together. <laughs> it was like, we stopped right in front of the um, the knight, you know, the suit of armor mm-hmm. and it kind of you know like leans forward which when you're moving it's like oh did i see that but when you're sitting there staring at it and it's just going meh, meh, yeah take meh, some of the magic away. <laughs> it's like well i'm not scared of it because i know he's not moving forward right same with like uh we were one car ahead of you and we were sitting in front of the endless hallway again cool effect when you're drifting by it but when you're standing there staring at it, it like you start to see like the seams and the mirrors all the smoke and, and mirrors yeah. yeah like well this is really Killing the magic here. Yeah. Then we went up to... So we were up in the attic, and that's when it froze up again. Mm-hmm. Cool thing, though, was that they... You know, it's all made up for Nightmare Before Christmas, so there's just, like, wrapped presents scattered around the ride. Up in the attic, there was a bunch of ones with name tags on them. All within very close proximity to each other was one with my name, my wife's name, and my son's name. That's so weird. It was so weird. And they even spelled my name's... Or my wife's name right. Which was just an added layer of weird. And her name is Shafisa Man, so right. it's, it's rare that anybody gets that right. Yeah. They always put, like, the Q in the wrong place. <laughs> the Q. <laughs> There's a sneaky seven in there. <laughs> her parents are hippies. I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, it stopped there, and then it picked up again, and we were, we were coming down out of the attic. I mean, this is only relevant to people who have actually been on the ride, but we're coming down out of the attic and swooping down towards the graveyard. Right as you turn that bend, um, that's when it froze up again. And it, my wife and I were sitting right in front of that fucking like 12 foot tall Jack Skellington, just, ho, 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 Merry Christmas. I fucking hate you. <laughs> um, You're like, it is September, sir. <laughs> and then, uh, it froze up again when we were da- actually down in the graveyard. So yeah, it was four when times. We were, when we were going through the graveyard, it was going so slow 
Okay, that wasn't just I, me then. Yeah, I was just like, is it supposed to go this slow? Right. Um. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I'll I'll spare you guys my rants about hating that the rides made up for Night Before Christmas, especially when it's fucking September. I'll I'll spare you, but um, that the 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 constant breaking down that really just kind of killed my mood. Yeah. on that ride. Or, you know, whatever, whatever mood I had left. <clears throat> but anyway, so yeah, Disney was awesome. And then next night, we went down to the forum and saw Ghost. Yep. Can't think of a better venue to see to see them at. It was a hell of a show. It was so good. Uh, we were not allowed to bring our cell phone. Well, we had our cell phones, but they put them in little, little locked bags so we couldn't actually use them. Because mm-hmm. uh, we were... Almost positive, just based on like how they time these things out, that they were either going to kill off or otherwise remove Papa Four, and so it's like we want to be there for that, but that didn't come to pass. And what seemed like what they were ultimately doing is probably filming like a concert DVD, right? Um. <clears throat> anyway, but yeah, it was a great show. Uh, a couple surprises. Uh, songs that I don't, th- I don't think we were expecting because we saw them in August. Mm-hmm. Um, At least one song I've never heard live. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like they played. I mean, the two two songs I can think of that we haven't heard them play before were uh, um, If You Have Ghosts. If You Have Ghosts and 20s. Yeah. Um, yeah, and in the times we've seen them since A Pair came out, I haven't heard them play 20s. I don't think so. And yeah, Ghosts, or if you have Ghosts, I, that, that, we, they didn't play that in August. So mm-hmm. that, that was a, new, a nice surprise. And it was cool because he came out, they turned off all the lights. He couldn't see shit. And in that time, he made his way out to this big setup that was on the opposite end of the arena where we were sitting. And uh, the lights come back on. He's sitting there with like a, a string quartet. And a in a you know, backup singer and yeah and a piano player, I, yeah I was kind of in, in, actually I guess it wasn't a quartet they had a violin and a cello cello, cello I think and that was it wasn't it violin cello piano and a, and a backup singer yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um and uh, yeah it came out and did just like this kind of like acoustic version of if you have ghosts and it was awesome it was great yeah um and then <laughs> like he's making his way back to the stage they come out they put a boxing robe on him, a pair of gloves, and he just like does this like boxing boxer entrance back to the ring or back to the stage. Oh, Papa. For no reason. Yeah, no. I th- thought it was going to lead to something. Yeah, but me too. Um, but yeah, great fucking show. I was really happy that we were there. Totally worth the trip. But anyway, and then we came home. Back to reality. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, um, and then yes, last night we went and saw um, Fright Night on the big screen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's a, a local theater here down in uh, Tacoma who plays uh, horror films once a month. Um, Friday Night Frights. Yeah, at the Blue Mouse Theater in Tacoma. <laughs> if you're in the area, I would highly recommend it. It's it's a fun time. If you're <laughs> If you're on the younger side, it'd probably be better for you. 
because I know both of us were struggling to get up and go and go see, go start our day basically at 10 p.m. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I guess we weren't starting our day because we both worked full days before that. That's that's a good point too. Yeah. So around the time we'd be winding down, we were going out the door. But anyway, um, anything else new with you? I mean. I mean, we've seen a lot of each other lately. <laughs> yeah, nice. That, that's pretty much it. I think you yeah. wrapped everything up there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think uh, you probably were either involved in the conversation or overheard that we're kind of musing about a few years in the future taking our son down for his fifth birthday. To Disney? Yeah. Yeah. So that'd be good. That'd be fun. Yeah. I noticed that a lot of the height requirements for rides are about 40 inches. That's mm-hmm. kind of like the average, I'd say. There are some, like Indiana Jones, I think it's 56 inches. But um, apparently, the average height for a five-year-old boy is something like uh, like 43 inches. So he should just make that mark, unless he's short. But hes I don't think he's short for his age, at least. Not right now. But. We'll see. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Uh, anything else? Anything else? Um, uh, Great Plot Film Fest. We we got the poster. We did. It's not fit for public consumption yet, but yeah. um, we're, we're adding some more details to it. Make sure everything's, you know, nice and tidy, and uh, it, it looks awesome. It looks, it looks really great. It's designed by uh, our buddy Z-Manzilla, who previously did volumes two and four, so apparently he's our even-year guy. Um <laughs> Yeah, it looks great. I'm really happy with how it turned out. Yeah, me too. I'm excited to show it to you guys. And of course, uh, submissions are still open. Filmfreeway.com slash Filmfest. Submit your film today. Yeah, you're showing me uh, like the emails or texts or whatever that you were having with, with Z about the poster. And he had like this concept in his in mind. And uh, like you showed it to me and I'm reading through it. I must have read through it like a few times. Like, it's like I don't understand. <laughs> but it's like he seems very confident. So let's go with it. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny. I was showing it to Lynn. And she's like, "So I understand this part, but what's that?" And I was like, "Oh, it's just just a guy. <laughs> He's there. Why not? <laughs> oh, it just, it just looks cool. It's spooky." <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, we're gearing up to start selling tickets here pretty soon. That's right, Halloween. Uh, so get your get your wallets ready, kids. Get your get your allowance from your from your parents. Save up your ice cream I, money. If I told you this, but one one of our regular attendees sent me a message on Facebook and was like, "I swear I bought tickets, but I can't find the email anywhere. Can you send them to me?" And I'm like, "Dude, tickets aren't on sale yet." <laughs> like, I don't know what you bought. But <laughs> <laughs> Did you try and con me? <laughs> uh, yeah, exciting times. Good, good stuff. Uh, next episode, guys. It's the start of what is it? Year. Five? Of Octoberama? Yeah. No, we've been doing longer than that. Yeah, like seven? Maybe eight? We started at year two, so it'd be nine, nine? I guess. Yeah. Crazy. Year nine of Octoberama, guys. If you're not familiar, what we do is we have an episode every every Wednesday in October. Uh, and we alternate between full episodes like the one you're listening to now and what we call mini-sodes, where we just strictly do film reviews, but we have a theme. Tony? Episode. Yes? can't believe it's taken nine years for this. Why do we not call them fun size? 
Well, Taylor, we're not very smart. <laughs> I believe we've come to this conclusion many times. We we get there. It just might take us a little longer than it should. Yep. Like nine years. But hey, we did it. So as Tony yeah. was saying, every other week is a fun size episode. <laughs> what we call a fun size episode. Yeah. We've always called it that. We always called it that. It's, don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Yeah, don't bother listening because it's there. <laughs> don't don't go listen to the old episodes because it's there. We said it. Yeah. <laughs> Are you calling me a liar? <laughs> uh, anyway, so yeah, we alternate between full length and fun size episodes uh, every other week, um, and we have a theme every week. Uh, we will start out with Week of the Vampire, then we do Week of the Zombie, and then we have Week of the Blank which we open it up to our gravediggers on Patreon to pick the theme of the week. And then we round it out with uh, two um, Halloween-themed episodes, or uh, movies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, uh, Which is not this episode, although we do have two Halloween-themed, well, not Halloween-themed, but two movies that take place on Halloween. Yeah, Halloween-adjacent. Yeah, yeah it start, mine started out, and I'm like, oh, man, I could have saved this for uh, for Halloween, but, but it, it, it wouldn't have worked. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Speaking of Patreon. Yeah, speaking of Patreon, uh, we want to take some time, as we do, to thank our gravediggers on Patreon. Uh, they are the ones who help finance our silly little show. They give us the ability to sit here and talk years off for two, three hours. Let's be honest, three. <laughs> the days of two-hour episodes, I think, are long gone. Yeah. We just can't do it anymore. Um. But uh, yeah, they they help uh, you know help us out with the things that cost money. It's not not an expensive show, but it does cost money, and uh, it's not something we have a lot of. Uh, talking about paying for our our website, our uh, you know MP3 hosting and uh, incidentals, you know if our equipment breaks, um, you know we gotta pay to replace it. Um, and also, money goes into the Grave Plot Film Fest, as we previously mentioned. That's right. We do, you know, we we try to uh, do fun things like some giveaways. Uh, Grave Plot Podcast Pogs, anyone? <laughs> it's gonna happen. <laughs> Get excited. Um, and uh, yeah, so we're very thankful, and uh, these are the people who made it happen: uh, Carlos Rodella, Gory B Movie. Max Zaleski, Aaron Meyer, Bob Voorhees, Kevin Desgoda, and all of the faceless rabble who also give us money, but not quite enough to be mentioned here. <laughs> Does Ghost have a trademark on Nameless Ghouls? Because I think we should just start calling them Nameless Ghouls. Um, Let's be honest. If Ghost was going to sue us, they would have done it by now. <laughs> that's true. It'd be said for a, a lot of organizations. <laughs> Although we always do it in the name of like news, yeah, <laughs> which I believe applies under fair use. I don't think that's true. <laughs> I mean, you listen to like radio stations, like like news stations and stuff. They always use songs and, and things like that for for bumpers. I mean, maybe they're paying licensing fees, but I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> it's been ten years. If the show just suddenly goes offline, you know why? Yeah. We had a good run. Um, anyway, but uh, if anybody else wants to join this kick-ass little party of ours, 
Taylor, where can they go? Then go to Patreon. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Grave Plot Podcast. You can join for as little as $1. That gets you access to, like we said, picking a theme for week three of Octoberama. We also do random Patreon picks episodes throughout the year where you can actually pick the movies that we do. Uh, $5, get your name in the episode. We also have things like discounts on Grave Plot Podcast merchandise. And sometimes we'll just do other fun stuff, like we'll send out Christmas cards or... Whatever. Just it would, sometimes we'll just get a wild hair up our ass and just be like, you know what we should do for Patreon? And then we'll do it. Yeah. Just we'll just do it. We'll just do it. Yeah. We'll just like, you know what we should do? Tasteful nudes. <laughs> and then people are like, ah <laughs> we'll do some boudoir pictures. Yeah. <laughs> so keep an eye on your email for <laughs> tasteful nudes and boudoir photos from the Great <laughs> Podcast. <laughs> All right. Uh, anything else? No. Okay, well, let's take the logical next step on this uh, runaway train and uh, do some horror business. All right, starting out in real world horror, I think, yeah, we got a lot of things going on in the world. But you know what the hottest topic is? Aliens. Guys, aliens. Aliens everywhere. I forgot to mention that if you go, if you join on Patreon, you can uh, join us live for horror business uh, via video from our Discord channel. And if you were watching, we both, Tony and I both did the like ancient aliens guy hands. Yeah. Otherwise, it just sounded like this. Aliens. aliens. <laughs> it's just, it probably sounds weird. So you got to watch it. Probably sounds like you forgot or something. Right. <laughs> Um, but, uh, yeah, aliens, you know, the U S government recently released, uh, reports saying that, uh, the, the, the armed forces has, and the, you know, the intelligence, uh, intelligence community has knowledge of what's the new term? Uh, UAP. UAP. Yeah. Unidentified air. Unexplained. I think it's. I don't think it's unidentified anymore. I think it's unexplained aerial phenomena. Phenomena. It's a phenomena. <laughs> um, or UFOs to the layperson. Yeah. Um, and I think people are so taken aback by this. Like, they just told us there are aliens and nobody cares. It's like, bitch, I got a lot of shit going on in my life right now. Well, not only that, no, they didn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they told us that unexplained aerial phenomena exist. And I'm like, well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I knew that. Yeah. It doesn't mean alien spacecraft. It means unexplained thing in the sky. Yeah. I see shit I can't explain all the time. Yeah. And I don't think it's aliens. Sometimes I'm like, look at that cloud. That's a weird cloud. What kind of cloud is that? I don't know. Okay. Therefore, <laughs> UAP in the sky. Yeah, like driving and be like, hey, what's that guy doing? He's doing something weird. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I don't think he's an alien. An alien. <laughs> Or a, a cryptid or something. Yeah, I think it's probably some just like some weird guy, some homeless guy walking yeah. down the the fucking freeway yeah. or something. It's like, why is he carrying that loading pallet? I don't know. Yeah, where's he going with it? Not my Pro- business. Probably not a spaceship. Probably not. <laughs> maybe. I mean, maybe. Maybe he who needs knows? To fix his spaceship. But what? Yeah, what the ball boils down to is the reason I don't care is because I got a lot of stuff going on, guys. <laughs> I'm very busy. And aliens are the least of my concern. Like, unless they're blowing up my house, in which case even, 
oh well <laughs> what am i gonna do yeah hey gonna, stop yeah then <laughs> i go hide in a cave or something i don't know i don't know i don't know where caves are <laughs> i couldn't find a cave if somebody asked me to i wouldn't know where to look that's true i would just go in the woods and like start looking around <laughs> can i build a cave <laughs> How do people find caves? They were cavemen. Yeah, they literally lived in caves. Yeah, it's in their name. <laughs> but all this leads me to the ty- or the um, the subject at hand uh, down in Mexico. Whoa, oh, Mexico! Yeah, the sun's so sweet and something, something. That's the song. Yeah. I should know. I'm named after the guy, but whatever. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, apparently uh, the Mexican Congress has reviewed evidence of aliens, guys. Well, technically it wasn't the Congress. The Congress itself held like a special session so that this guy who claimed to have information could present it to Congress. Yes, this is... This raises questions about the efficacy of Mexican con- uh, Mexican government. They just let a guy in. It's like, hey, check out these aliens. And they're just like, oh, weird. <laughs> not, not get out of here. <laughs> right. Yeah, could you, if the U.S. Congress did that, it would be happening every day. Oh, yeah. There would be a wait list. Yeah, because we have maniacs in this country. Yeah. There'd be guys wheeling in Sas- Sasquatch bodies and... Nesgoda would be there, I'm yeah. sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with his fucking Bigfoot is real picket sign. Yeah. Um, He'd have a t-shirt on or something. Yeah. <laughs> I will say, to his credit, he is quick to point out bullshit. If he doesn't believe something is real, he, was, he is quick to just discredit it. He's not a person who will just watch any video and be like, proof. Right. Well, at least there's that. <laughs> Uh, the alleged corpses, which had a grayish color and facial features similar to humans, were brought to brought by probably Jaime, probably Jaime, yeah, uh, Mausan, a controversial Mexican journalist and researcher who reported finding them in Peru in 2017. I feel like journalists should probably be in quotes there, <laughs> right? Yeah, if you write for a fucking like tabloid, you're not a journalist, right? Or I. I think he might just have like a blog. <laughs> <laughs> um, in 2015, Masan led, a, led an event called Be Witness, where a mummified body claimed to be an alien child was unveiled. The mummified corpse was later identified as a human child. Wop wop. <laughs> That's fucked up on multiple planes. Yeah. Like he's, this guy just brought a dead person into whatever this event was. Right. And was like, look, it's an alien. And it's like, that's just a dead body. That's just a dead human body. Yeah, and somebody there just like, hmm. That's a kid. That's, that's, a, that's, <laughs> that's, a that's my kid. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Masan was involved in publicizing a specimen dubbed Metepic Creature. Or Met, Met, Metepic? Met, Metepic? 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 That's one of, the, one of those Met, words. Metepic? <laughs> uh... Which later turned out to be a skinned monkey. Gross. As well as a demon fairy in 2016, which turned out to be the remains of a bat, wooden sticks, 
epoxy, and other unknown elements. So this guy made an art project out of a dead bat and then tried to pawn it off as a demon fairy? Why is this guy not in a in loony jail? bin? <laughs> or, or that, yeah. A padded room somewhere? <laughs> they are non-human beings. We don't want to call them extraterrestrials because we don't know, Masson said during the session called by ruling party lawmaker Sergio Gutierrez, who defended the event as being in the public interest. We should look into Sergio because I bet he's got something else going on and this is like a smoke <laughs> screen. Slide a hand. Like, look over there. Mm, yes. Mm. Just like uh, what Trump did when he released all those Area 51 documents. Yeah. It's like Ninja Vanish. Mosan <laughs> <laughs> um, cited carbon dating analysis by the National Autonomous University of Mexico uh, that's, that he said showed these things being around 1,000 years old. The university's physics institute confirmed in a statement that it has carried out tests, but only to determine the age and not the origin of the specimens. Uh, I like that the university was like, whoa, hey, we never said aliens. <laughs> Don't quote. We didn't say that. Don't write that down. <laughs> um, Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> that was our thing, guys, at Disneyland. Yeah. Actually, pretty much the whole trip. <clears throat> Last time it was, are you enjoying your shrimp? Or is you know one of them greasy guys? Yeah, you got any gum? <laughs> this time it was, don't do that. Yeah, we only had one because last time we had multiple. It was those, those that was that that whole Johnny uh, uh, or uh, David Letterman sketch. Yeah, and then also uh, Hitcha. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> Um. Anyway, but uh, these the pictures of these things, they look like a paper mache project. Yeah, they do. It's like get, get out of here, get out of here, this yeah, here. fucking aliens, get out of here. Yeah, and I'm wondering why they're giving this guy the time of day when he has a history of being full of shit. Of being full of shit. <laughs> yeah. It's like no, no, no. I promise, this one's real. I promise. It's like I don't know why we let Tim Iman keep making. Put initiatives on the ballot. <laughs> Hasn't he been pretty much run out of town or ran himself out of town or something? God, I hope so. It's like the thing that finally got him was stealing an office chair from Staples or something. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I think it was, wasn't it one of these things where you're just like, you know what? You guys don't appreciate me, so I'm going to leave. And everyone's like, yay. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> the only thing I ever supported him on was the $30 car tabs. Everything else, it's like, you are just... An asshole. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway. Aliens are real. <laughs> Maybe. Probably not. Probably not. Probably not. I mean, I'm sure I've said this before, but it's like, are there other beings in the, in the galaxy or universe? Yeah, probably. Have they visited Earth? Probably not. Yeah. I wouldn't want to come here. If I was like of a part of a of a of a species that was advanced enough to to have interplanetary travel, I would be like, man, that place kind of sucks. Let's let's go to the next one. I mean, that's I've told you my theory that I, I think that the 
the spaceships that have or the UAPs that have been spotted are like the rebel teenagers who are like, let's just like buzz by Earth. Like, <laughs> My mom says I'm not supposed to. Right. <laughs> so it makes me think of um uh Star Trek. Cause like the way that Earth so the way the whole um um god damn what's it the organization like all the united planets galaxy huh galaxy no 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 like the organization within the um within star star trek oh i, I don't i don't know totally I, sp- I know so little about star trek sure i'm just, i'm totally spacing on what it's called but uh what spurred that was a just a chance encounter between earthlings and the vulcan what and how that happened was a guy he uh um named zephram cochran he created the first warp drive and they went up they took this ramshackled old ship with this like ancient like rudimentary version of a warp drive into space and you know tested it out and it caught the eye of the Vulcans who were just happened to be passing near Earth at the time. And that's what said, oh, these are an advanced species. And, you know, let's, let's make the first contact, as it's known. Um, and uh, otherwise, like, they would have just passed right by Earth. <laughs> and th- that's what this makes me think of. It's like aliens would probably pass by Earth, look, look at us and say, these guys are fucking stupid. <laughs> Let's. We're a third world planet. Yeah, let's go, let's go somewhere else. That's where the term third world came from because we're the third planet from the sun. And so the other planets in our galaxy are like, don't go to that third world. Right. Third rock from the sun. Great show. Yeah. JGL. <laughs> right. Anyway. Probably not aliens. The way the thing was laying, like the picture of it, it's like almost looks like it's laying on like a padded bed or something. Mm-hmm. And just the way the sheet or whatever it is that's under it is like kind of folded under its weight. Looks like it has like big Yoda ears. <laughs> I'm like, are they are they really trying to pass off a Yoda as a, as an authentic alien? Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Without the ears, it just kind of looks like a shriveled old E.T. It kind of looks like the guy in uh, Men in Black when they open up Vincent D'Onofrio's face and there's a little guy in there. Wasn't Vincent D'Onofrio's face, but yes, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Looks like that. Kind of, yeah, but with a bigger body, like a longer body, and all shriveled. Yeah, looks like paper mache. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm rocking the suburbs. It's just like Michael Jackson did. I'm rocking the suburbs. You said that he was talented. I'm rocking the suburbs. I take the checks and. All right, so jumping into horror business, I'm going to start off with uh, John Carpenter returning to the small screen with a new show called Suburban Screams. Uh, this is an unscripted series. It's going to be premiering, Uh-oh. which means it's it's all comedy. It's just improv. <laughs> They're all like, I need a, I need a fast food restaurant. <laughs> Yes, and <laughs> uh, premiering Friday, October thirteenth. Oh, uh-huh. uh, on Peacock. 
The series is described as a genre-busting, unscripted horror anthology series from the mind of legendary director, writer, and producer John Carpenter. The series explores the dark secrets and unspeakable evil that sometimes lurks beneath the surface of the sun-drenched streets, manicured lawns, and friendly neighbors of suburbia. Each episode focuses on one true tale of terror told by the real people who lived through it. Their first-hand accounts are brought to life through premium cinematic scene work, news clips, home photos, and archival footage, combining the visual language of horror films with the tools and techniques of documentaries, creating a uniquely frightening experience for viewers. This is not unique. This is every documentary on Netflix. <laughs> yeah, and like every fucking true crime show on like Discovery or in you know, investigation or fucking This uh, is Small Town Murder the TV show is what this is. <laughs> like yeah, my my wife watches these shows all day. Like well, not all day, but like this is what oh, my wife watches. Is she watch. a middle-aged white woman? <laughs> it's not middle-aged, but yes. <laughs> um yeah, this is this is like her go-to stuff, and so I know that it's not unique because there there are plenty of them. Yeah, and the fact that it's unscripted gives me pause. <laughs> well, I mean, like the part where they're like talking to people in these shows when they're talking to like the people who went through it. I maybe it's unscripted, um, but the parts that like the reenactments, those are absolutely well, yeah, they have to be <laughs> yeah. But I don't know. There's nothing sounds original about this. Have you seen the one where the guy where the guy killed his wife and kids and put them in like an oil tanker? Mm, no. There's this moment where like he's talking to the cops, and the whole time the cops are talking to him, he's sitting there on his phone. <laughs> and so the cops just like, "All right, well, here's my card. If you think of anything else, go ahead and call me." And he goes, "Sweet, <laughs> sweet, really, like, sir." Your wife and kids are missing. Yeah. It's like, if you think of anything else, call me. All right, bet. <laughs> what? What is happening? Uh, each episode will delve into the monstrous evil that lurks beneath the surface of friendly suburbia through the lens of one frightful tale. In addition to firsthand accounts, the episodes will include cinematic reenactments, reenactments, mm-hmm. reenactments, personal archives, and historic town press coverage. This is literally every single true crime show on, yeah. t- on television. Uh, the Horror Master directs one episode in the six-episode series alongside showrunner Jordan Roberts, Michelle Latimer, and John Pavlaki. I don't know who any of those people are. Me neither. Uh, Michelle Latimer sounds a little familiar. Carpenter also composes the series theme music, so you know it's going to be good. Oh, cool. It'll be like... It's going to be dark and ominous. Like having your penis cut off is a bad thing. Isn't that... It's Blaze. It's Blaze. <laughs> or Blade. Blade. I always want to call him Blaze, and I don't know why. I was going to say Blade, but then you said Blaze and it fucked me up. Yeah, I mean, like, if you get your penis cut off, is that going to change the way mustard tastes? <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're You're talking... fucking Billy Baldwin, aren't you? <laughs> Come on, man. I got two brother tickets. <laughs> Uh, um, yeah, I mean, I've made no secret about the fact that I don't give a single fucking wet fart about John Carpenter, so this is kind of whatever. <laughs> I mean, this is just going to be another one of those shows, in my opinion. 
Yeah, I mean, this just sounds like, like I said, every true crime documentary on Netflix, but with a little more of a horror bent and probably in the reenactments more than anything. I suppose, but like, unless they start making up shit, like, I can't imagine it's going to be all that much more horrific than any other true crime show. Right. Where they're like, oh, yeah, my husband killed my fucking sister in law. And then he and put then on he- a hockey mask and killed the entire cheerleading <laughs> squad. Like, what are we doing here? Like, no, he didn't. No, he didn't. <laughs> he did not. That didn't happen. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's, I don't even know why they're bothering because honestly, this is just going to fade into the background of, of every other true crime show. The only people who are going to watch it. Actually, actually, I'll say it's probably Carpenter fans will probably watch it once and like completely forget it exists. Yep. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I don't know if... Um... It says the series premieres on October 13th. So I don't know if it's going to be episodic or if the whole series will come out at that point. But uh, if, if you're interested, October 13th on Peacock. I would get a free trial, though. I wouldn't pay for Peacock. I'm still getting it for free through my cable. I don't know how. So I wasn't weird. supposed to, but don't tell anybody. <laughs> don't tell anybody. Uh, yeah, like we had it. And then you said, okay. You know, the premium ends on this date. You pay this price to keep it going. It's like, no, no thanks. Yeah. And like, I still get emails like probably once, maybe every other week. It's like, try Peacock, you know, try it for a week free. It's like, no. (laughs) Do you want to give it to me for free? Because then I'll take it. Yeah. I like went into my settings because I was like, maybe they just started charging me. Like, but it's in my settings. It says zero dollars included with. So, I don't know. I'll just take it as long as they give it to me. Hard no. Uh, Okay. That's it. Right? Nothing else? Right? Okay. All right, here's a bit of a mixed bag on this. Uh, first, good thing. New horror movie coming out starring the one, the only, the notorious Nicolas Cage. How could that be bad, right? Well, good. <laughs> I'll tell you how it could be bad because... Osgood Perkins is directing it. Oh, no. Yeah. He makes a lot of very unwatchable movies that uh, that say they're horror, but, like, they're kind of not. Yeah. They're just, like, spooky, and I don't think spooky qualifies as horror. It, it can, but not by default. No. You gotta, like, make it horror. Right. It has to be a spooky horror. It can't just be spooky on its own. Yeah, like things still have to happen. Right. Like when you go into the kitchen in the middle of the night and the lights are off, that's spooky, but it's not a horror. Right. <laughs> if you just go in the kitchen and you're just like, whew, gotta chill. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's not a movie. Yeah. <laughs> and then like if that happens and then like something scratches your back or you suddenly can't breathe, 
Then, then it's Ghost Adventures. Yeah, it's Ghost Adventures. <laughs> Still not horror. <laughs> um, yeah, no, Osgood Perkins has directed uh, like Black Coat's Daughter and uh, Gretel and Hansel and um, The Pretty Little Thing That Lives in the House. That's the one. It's a ridiculous title. Um, I've watched all three of those movies. Actually, I'd say I watched most of the Black Coat's Daughter and just, I, got, I turned it off. <laughs> I couldn't do it. Like, life's too short for this. <laughs> but I did watch all of Gretel and Hansel and I did watch all of the pretty little thing that lives in the house. Was it pretty, pretty thing? Pretty little thing? I don't know. It's a, it don't matter. It's a pretty thing, either I way. I don't, don't know that this matter. <laughs> Uh, it's coming from Neon, uh, who I believe put out um, Mandy, didn't they? They might have. I think they did uh, Color Out of Space. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Could could be both. Could be Could both. be neither. <laughs> <laughs> Knowing us, it could be neither. Uh, the movie is titled Long Legs. It's rated R for bloody violence, disturbing images, and some language. That's weird that you, you'd think with those first two things, there'd be plenty of R-rated language. Right. Uh, Alicia Witt from The Walking Dead and Blair Underwood from American Crime Story. Will Joan join? They'll My- join Joan. <laughs> Micah Monroe from It Follows. And, of course, the one, the only, the notorious Nicolas Cage. That's how I have to introduce him now. Neon did Pig. Pig? Yeah. No. Oh. It's the only Nicolas Cage one I see so far. I haven't seen that one. Uh, Long Legs is said to be in the vein of classic Hollywood psychological thrillers. Hmm. In the film, FBI agent Lee Harker, played by Mike Monroe, is a gifted new recruit assigned to the unsolved case of an elusive serial killer, played by Cage. Uh, Cage plays a serial killer? Could be good. <laughs> well, well, yeah. Is he all like, oh, ah! <laughs> like what is he like a crazy serial killer or is he like methodical if he's methodical i don't think that works as well well he's got to be crazy at least he's got to be at least like part part-time crazy yeah because otherwise what's the point of even getting nick cage exactly looks like neon did a bunch of movies well not maybe not a bunch but a handful that we um that we have done on the show but i only see one with nicholas cage mm, okay maybe i'm just like, thinking of other movies um uh, as the case takes a complex turns, uh, unearthing evidence of the occult, Harker disco- uh, discovers a personal connection to the merciless killer and must race against time to stop him before he claims the lives of another innocent family. She's, oh. she's his daughter. She's his daughter. <laughs> I solved the case. Why don't they just say that? Because yeah. we, we all know what you mean when you say personal yeah. connection. Unless he was like her babysitter or something. Like, yeah. It's, it's, always, it's always the daughter. Or maybe like he kidnapped her when she was a kid or something. I Killed her parents, maybe. Something. All these very, very predictable things. Yeah. Um, yeah. I had something just completely out of left field. Just like, turns out he was the clown at her fourth birthday party. <laughs> um, yeah, like I said at the beginning, mixed bag here. I mean... It, it definitely sounds definitely like more in the vein of, of a thriller rather than a, just a straight horror. Uh, 
But, you know, if it's got cage in it, it's like it might be worth the time. But if it's so fucking boring and long-winded like Perkins' other movies. Yeah, like if it's, if it's cage, it might be worth the time. But if it's Perkins, it's going to be a long time. It's going to be a long time. <laughs> Or at least gonna feel like a long time. Yeah, that's. I think that's what it is. I don't know if the movies are like actually long as far as runtime goes. It just feels like you're, like you're you're paying for it with minutes of your life. Yeah. Which I mean, it could be said of anything, but just it's extra excruciating. Yeah. It's like paying, you know, five hundred dollars for a tattoo versus paying five hundred dollars for a banana. Right. <laughs> it's it's the same amount, but one seems worth more. <laughs> One seems like a better value. For God's sake, Michael, it's a banana. How much could it cost? A hundred dollars? Yeah. I don't think... I, I like Michael Monroe a lot, too. Yeah. Like I said, I mean, the cast seems good, or at least what we know of it. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, wait, and Blair Underwood. <laughs> sure, yeah, Blair Underwood. Um... Who was Alicia Witt on Walking Dead? I don't know. The name is familiar, but I can't put a face to it. She doesn't look familiar. Let's see. She's also an urban legend. Like the first oh, picture her. that comes up, okay. she looks like um, uh, Lily from How I Met Your Mother. No, yeah, kind of. Just in that one photo, like none of the other photos, but. She must have been like a very short-term character in Walking Dead. Or she was in the later seasons, which we haven't watched. That, yeah, also a possibility. <clears throat> anyway. so yeah, I'm, I'm going to wait for a trailer on this one. At, at least, yeah. yeah. Might wait till it's like on, you know, like Prime mm-hmm. or Netflix or something where I don't have to pay for it. Yeah. <clears throat> Unless the trailer's like really fucking badass, then it's just got Cage just like just ganking people, yeah, and just like oh, oh. and like doing weird dances. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to see that movie where he's like a killer and he wears a spiffy smoking jacket, and he just makes that cab driver drive him around and so he kills. Isn't people. he the devil? I don't think so. I think he's the devil in that movie. If that's the case, it didn't come across in the trailer. Yeah, well. At least not to me. I think that's the case. Don't quote me. (laughs) Okay. I won't quote you. He is the devil. It's the air of terror. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Yeah, I just hope maybe like Perkins is just like, man, fuck this artistic shit. Because what if I just made like an action? Try to get paid. Like, a, like, a, like an action movie. Yeah. yeah. Getting paid, getting laid. Getting, you know how that goes. Getting raid. Sure. This episode sponsored by Sh- Raid. Raid Shadow Legends. <laughs> oh, I was talking about the book stuff. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, I don't know. Have you ever seen like all those? Like fucking YouTube people are sponsored by Raid Shadow Legends and they spend like five minutes talking about this fucking cell phone game. No. Like skip, 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 skip. <laughs> like I don't want to hear about any of this. I'm not gonna play it. So there you go. <laughs> Cage. Stop talking. <laughs>
That was such a weird place to just leave it. <laughs> yeah, this is better. <laughs> you did this. You. Three blind mice. Three blind mice. See how they run. See how they run. They all ran after the mob. Michael cut off their tails with a carving knife. Did you ever see such a thing in your life? So if there's one thing that studios love, it's IP. Oh, yeah. And if they can't come up with their own IP, which most of them can't, they they try and uh, just go out and find some uh, public domain IP. Yep. Because, you know, if nothing else, people will recognize it, and so then they'll go see it. And, and then they can own it. Maybe. I don't know how that works. Well, they can own, like, the IP that they create for their film. Maybe not the, like... The IP it's based on, but they can yeah. own the film. The likeness and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, Uncorked Entertainment. Oh, bother. <laughs> has decided that their latest IP mission is to make horror films out of nursery rhymes. Oh, no. Up first, we've got Mary Had a Little Lamb. It's an upcoming slasher movie directed by visual effects artist and animator Jason Arbor. Who I'm, oh, guessing, I'm guessing did visual effects, art, and animation for Meg 2, The Trench. Uh, this will be released on digital and DVD on October 3rd. The plot of this film is that Mary had a little lamb. Uh, its, fleet, its fleece was white as snow. And everywhere that Mary goes, the lamb is sure to go. Yeah. It sounds very familiar. That's it. That's the whole movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, a radio host and her crew set out to discover the truth behind some disappearances for a true crime show. They will soon learn that there is far more to discover when they meet Mary and her lamb. Who will make it out alive of this house of horrors? This sounds dumb. It sounds really it dumb. Sounds really dumb. <laughs> Why would you not make it a, like a stalker? Everywhere that Mary went, the lamb was sure to go. Like, no. It's right there. The lamb is stalking Mary. But this makes it sound like Mary and the lamb are in cahoots. Nobody comes to us for pitches. Nobody they should. Nobody ever does it. I don't know why. Just because we're not Hollywood writers. <laughs> Just because we've never made a movie. Just because we didn't graduate high school. Just because we're illiterate. <laughs> <laughs> Just because we both have crippling social anxiety. <laughs> Just because we don't understand finger quotes. <laughs> <laughs> just so you know none of those things are true except taylor not graduating high school <laughs> well and we have never made a movie that too or yeah. and we're also not professional hollywood screenwriters no no none of those things we've never even written a script well that's true that's not true not a feature length yeah we've we've written several shorts yeah we've made several shorts um, two yeah <laughs> several <laughs> just okay uh, Uncorked will, of course, follow this up with three blind mice. Oh, no. This is obviously a creature feature. <laughs> Coming to digital and DVD October 17th. Uh, this comes from director P- Pierre B. <laughs> what does the B stand for? Something, something French. Baguette. Beignet. Bonbon. What, what are the little hats called? Beret? Beret. <laughs> I, knew, I knew it started with a B. 
Uh, Abby is going cold turkey. Her family has taken her to a cabin in the woods so she can be away from the city and all her troubles. However, little do they know, three blind mice is more than just a fairy tale, and they may be next on the menu. Mm. See, again, the mice should be the protagonists, because see how they run. I mean, yeah. They should be running from something. Yeah. I mean, and be... they're all like... Yeah, blind people. Yeah. Yeah. Although, like, oh, maybe that, maybe that's uncouth, I don't know. I mean... We've had people in wheelchairs get hatchets to the or a machete in the face. That's true. That was the eighties. It was a different time. <laughs> people weren't socially conscious back then. So I guess what we're saying is keep an eye out for our nursery rhyme horror episode. <laughs> no. <laughs> How much do you think these are going to cost? Uh, if it's more than four ninety nine, they're ripping us off. <laughs> I would say probably four ninety nine, five ninety nine, somewhere in that range. Yeah, <laughs> brand new <laughs> to buy. Yeah, <laughs> HD. Yeah, man. Like, fuck. You can't say too many bad things about Uncorked because they did pick up They Reach. Yeah. So you know, bless them for that. But man, they put in a lot of dog shit. They do. <laughs> this sounds like more of it. Uh, and hey, Uncorked, if you guys need like a Peter Piper film or something, we got you. Come, come talk to your boys. <laughs> I don't know what that would be right now. It would, it would obviously involve peppers, <laughs> pickled ones. Yeah. yeah uh, but then pa- what, a what, pack what, even. A what, pack ha- what happens from there? I'm not sure. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll blue sky it. <laughs> All right, so, uh, I mean, this this can't be right. Why? Uh, because it's saying that uh, the series finale was twenty years ago, and it's can't, it's not possible because that would make me close to forty, and that can't be true because I am very obviously twenty five. Well, yeah, that's it's it's weird because like last night we went to the the Wallingford Worst Festival, and they were saying that it was their fortieth anniversary. But they had like all the shirts from past years, and the first one was from 1983. Mm. And I was like, "That's weird. That's the year I was born." But that wasn't 40 years ago. No, that's insane. So they must they must have them more than once a year, right? Right. Like, it must be twice a year. If that makes sense. At least I'm, twice. Because I'm 20. Yeah. <laughs> Can't wait to start drinking. <laughs> um, but no, apparently, 20 years ago was the series finale of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Um. Show that has I, that's wild, right? Like it feels like the movie came out twenty years ago. <laughs> um, yeah, and I I was I was all in on the Buffy Buffy verse back in the day. Uh, both Buffy and Angel. I was in Seth Green, Lily. Yeah, yeah, they were all there, full gang. <laughs> um, but no, I was. Just an avid fan of, of both shows. Um, and um, yeah, Buffy came to an end 20 years ago, and I think Angel ended the next year. 
Right? I don't know. Or maybe it was the same year. Yeah, it must have been the same year. And then Angel became Bones. Sure. It's Bones. Bones is part of the Buffyverse. <laughs> He's, he's he's not the bones. No, <laughs> is Sam Weir the bones? Sam Weir. Oh no, <laughs> he got he got killed, man, in the show. In in the bones, in the bones, he got he got shot. Oh no, yeah, and he died. <laughs> died. He died, died, died. Died. That's so sad. Yeah, poor little Sam Weir. I remember when he was in high school. Yeah, just, just one just of them freaks. Beat up by squints. He's just Squints, one of them freaks Squints, and or geeks. Squints Palidori? Was that his name in Sandlot? Is that Squints' last name? Oh. Uh, that sounds right. It does, doesn't it? Hmm. <laughs> um, anyway. So, yeah, people... Practically since the series ended, yeah, but there was a season 11 comic book series, which was uh, basically just... It continued the the... The story past the end of the series, and that ran for however long. Uh, it's considered canon, um, but I don't know if that's being reversed by what has been recently announced, which is a an audible uh, podcast. audio sorry audio series um, uh, called. What is it called? A Buffyverse Story. Slayers. Slayers, colon, A Buffyverse Story, which is weird. weird t- Slayers. They should have just left the Slayers. Slayers! Yeah. Um, EW said, or E, Entertainment Weekly is saying uh, uh, Slayers is an audio original set 20 years after the series finale. And features- oh, so it's set in the future. Yes. <laughs> And features James Marsters reprising his uh, reprising his role. I was like James Marsden. <laughs> he wasn't in that. I used to get their names confused all the fucking time because they were popular around the same time. Yeah, and it's just like, oh yeah, James Marsters is going to be starring in this film. It's like, really? Good for him. <laughs> Wait, he's going to be Cyclops. <laughs> Uh, reprising his role along with Charisma Carpenter, uh, Anthony Head, Juliet Landau, Emma Caulfield, Amber Benson, James Charles Leary, and Danny Strong, as well as newcomer Leia DeLeon Hayes. Uh, I know who all of those people are except for the last one. Actually, last newcomer? I don't know who Danny Strong is. Um... The Slayer story begins as Spike has gone deep undercover in Los Angeles, convincing the forces of darkness. So that was the thing in Angel. Angel took place in Los Angeles, and uh, basically the the they call it the powers the be, but basically like the greatest evil force. He played John Levinson. Okay, but he's he's dead. <laughs> Maybe he's a vampire. Oh, wait, this, okay, I see what's going on here. He's undead. <laughs> um, he was on Gilmore Girls, so of course you, you must remember him from that. Naturally. Um, yeah, so an angel, basically, there's also an angel comic book series that, that is canon, takes place after the end of the series, where Los Angeles has become basically this, like, hell-on-earth wasteland. Um, 
and it sounds like this is where the show takes place. Uh, he's gone. Spike has gone deep undercover in Los Angeles, convincing the forces of darkness that he's back to his evil ways. But when his cover is compromised by 16-year-old Indira Nunali, uh, Spike finds himself on the baby slayer sitting duty once more. Uh, while he's while he attempts to track down a watcher for his eager new protege, their paths collide with the veteran slayer of a parallel mm. reality where Buffy Summers never existed and Cordelia Chase is the one and only slayer. I just realized where I recognized him from. Who? Danny Strong. Oh, where? Uh, he, he was on an episode of How I Met Your Mother where he played Marshall's bully. <laughs> okay. Even though he's like, Five six. Yeah, he's a tiny <laughs> little guy. Um, let's see. Uh, and Cordelia needs Spike's help with a classic big bad terrorizing her world. His old flame Drusilla. E W previews. Does this all make sense to you? Yeah. So, like I said, at the end of Angel, basically the the, the forces of evil have been. Comp- Fully, completely unleashed on Earth, uh, starting in Los Angeles. So, like I said, in this comic book series, after the series ended, Los Angeles has just completely fallen into this, just being a hell on Earth wasteland. Does does this make it sound like the comic was included in this canon, or is it hard to tell? Based on saying that uh, he's gone deep undercover in Los Angeles, convincing the forces of darkness that he's back to his evil ways, that kind of sounds like probably... But it, it's it's really hard to tell. Um, I would hope so because you know it's all it's all this universe that fits pretty neatly together. You know, you got the live action, you got the comic book series, and now you got this. It'd be nice if that all kind of flowed together, right? Um, but I like the the. I mean, I I, I wonder if Sarah Michelle Gellar just didn't want to be involved, or Boreanaz for that matter. Yeah. Um, Boreanaz, from what I can remember, like he did an interview with, um, I think it was actually Entertainment Weekly, now I'm thinking about it, Um, saying that they were talking to him both about Buffy slash Angel and Bones. He said he'd love to go back to Bones. He thinks that there's plenty more meat on that bone, but... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> on that bones he wants to put his meat on the bone <laughs> um and uh but that he wouldn't do buffy or angel again because he's the, the, he thinks it's like pretty well-worn territory at this point and also he's like pushing you know i think he's in his 50s now uh and so he just doesn't look like this you know vampire who doesn't age <laughs> <laughs> um anyway i have to assume they're both just you know okay we've moved on with our lives this is this was part of our our lives for a significant number of years put it behind us but you know marsters and uh carpenter they're i can't imagine they're a lot busy yeah <laughs> I, I like the idea that cordelia is the slayer from another universe um must be Drusilla must be from another universe too because she was dead. Yeah, I mean, like if uh, Danny Strong is in this, he's he was like I said, he was dead. 
So he must be also from a different universe. Or maybe he's playing a different character. Maybe. Actually, a lot of these people are dead. Juliet Landau, she is Drusilla, she's dead. Emma Caulfield played um, Anya, she's dead. Amber Benson played, what the hell is her character's name? I can't remember, but she's dead too. So, <laughs> James Charles Leary. Oh, that guy. <laughs> All right. I think he's actually dead too. Um, anyway, so yeah, it sounds like a lot of like people must be coming in from another uh, parallel universe because a lot of these characters are already dead. Hmm. <clears throat> anyway, so yeah, this this sounds cool. Um, Audible has put out some pretty good audio dramas. They did a really good Sandman one. I they put out like uh, three acts, and each of them were like six or more hours long and just cover like the entire like Sandman uh, like by um, Neil Gaiman mm -hmm. cover the entire Sandman series uh, it was really good like it was like all-star cast like um, James McAvoy played Dream so yeah uh, and I think they did one for Dracula too so they've, they've got some good um, uh, pedigree when it comes to doing audio dramas. So I, I could see this being pretty good. I mean, they're owned by Amazon. So, well, yeah, they got the money. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I, I'd be interested to give this a listen. Uh, it comes out on audible on October 12th, 2023. It premieres. It doesn't say if it's going to like, if they're releasing the whole thing or if it's going to be, or I guess it doesn't even say if it's going to be episodic or not. Am I missing that anywhere? No, it doesn't say. Well, I guess we'll find out when we get there. Figure it, find out on October twelfth. We'll figure it out. All right, so coming uh, later this year, in fact, just here in, in a couple days, is a new uh, 80s throwback slasher, but not in the way you think. Don't get too excited. Hang on. Uh, yeah. First of all, this is coming from Blumhouse. So um, there's So that. temper your expectations. Yeah. Uh, in accordance with, well, not in accordance, in conjunction with Amazon Studios, uh, it's a movie called Totally Killer. It's a horror comedy this is described as Back to the Future meets the Final Girls. Is it? Does it make sense that, but just b by simply seeing the title, "Totally Killer," I knew it was a Blumhouse movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so this is set to hit Prime Video on October sixth. The film is rated R for bloody violence, language, sexual material, and teen drug and alcohol use. Should have been boobs, man. There's no, yeah, I don't see boobs on there. It's a fucking 80s slasher movie. I don't know boobs. Yeah. But it's not, like I said, it's not eight. When you think of an 80s slasher and you think of, you know, the, some of the later Friday the 13th movies or um, Nightmare on Elm Street or something like that, you know, this is, this is a like eight, like late 80s soaked neon 
you know, teal ski jackets, big hair. Yeah, so just like the totally wrong vibe for what the 80s actually were. Right. 80s were brown, guys. Earth tones everywhere. Right. Like I said, this is more late 80s, and this is the, um, you know, the the coke-fueled 80s. (laughs) Uh, 35 years after the shocking murder of three teens, the infamous Sweet 16 killer returns on Halloween night to claim a fourth victim. 17-year-old Jamie, played by Kiernan Shipka, of course, uh, Sabrina, from the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Don Draper's. Also, yeah, Don Draper's daughter. Mm. Uh, Ignores her overprotective. Also, Kimi. Kimi. No, it's Kimi. K-Y-M-M-I. Which I'm realizing now is not a name. (laughs) Uh, Ignores her overprotective mom's uh, warning. Her mom is played by Julie Bowen, who is the mom in um, Modern Family. Yeah, also the love interest in Happy Gilmore. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, which is in fucking lingerie. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Good stuff. And then uh, then Shooter comes and just sticks his tongue down her throat. Yeah, and then turns into Gene Simmons. <laughs> and makes out with his grandma. <laughs> God, I love Shooter. Well, not Shooter. Shooter. I love Chris McDonald. He is on Cameo. He has his own, like Chris McDonald cameo and he also has one for shooter mcgavin <laughs> this is another reason you need to watch happy endings because he plays um alex which is um oh my god i'm totally spacing um ah, the little short one from house of wax uh fucking yes her <laughs> yeah it's her and joe from scrubs they're sisters oh, are pl- they? i didn't know that yeah he plays their dad Okay. Ignores her overprotective mom's warning and comes face to face with the masked maniac and on the run for her life, accidentally time travels back to 1987. Happens all time. As one does. Uh, The original year of the killings. Forced to navigate the unfamiliar and outrageous culture of the 1980s, Jamie teams up with her teen teen mom to take down the killer once and for all before she's stuck in the past forever. I don't know who this Olivia Holt is, but she seems like she's packing, pack, popping up everywhere. Oh, really? Yeah. What else, Jan? I don't. I, I just see her places like on the like Instagram and shit. Oh, I don't know. Well, she's who in she Cruel is. Summer. Looks like she might be a Disney Channel kid. No, that makes sense. <clears throat> yeah, starred in the Disney XD series, kicking it. Disney original movie Girl vs. Monster and Disney Channel original series I Didn't Do It. Hmm. One thing that was of particular interest in this was we were sitting here watching the trailer a minute ago. Was the killer appears to be wearing a Max Headroom mask. Yeah. Which was, which was amazing. When I saw the poster, like in the poster, he's got a dangly in his ear. And, a uh, dangly? Yeah, you know, like a little dangly earring. It's okay. Like, it's like a lightning bolt or something that dangles down. Oh. One of the little things. <laughs> uh, and I thought it was a vanilla ice mask. <laughs> That'd be even better. Right? <laughs> With just like something crazy shaved in the hair in the back. <laughs> uh, yeah. This, uh, like I said, coming to Prime October 6th. It's the Watching the trailer, it feels very much like a Blumhouse Amazon. It felt like that uh, My Best Friend's Exorcism movie. Yes. It had that same kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. Very bright. Very colorful for a horror movie. Yep. 
but also it feels very much like uh like happy birthday to me yeah or freaky mm-hmm. those and at first when i saw like the back to the future meets final goals i was like is this fucking christopher landon is this back to the future his next one wouldn't surprise me. I mean, like if they hadn't already done this, I'm sure this was on the slate. But no, this is directed by not what do we? Yeah, no, 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 I don't no, have no. it in front of me anymore. Nanachka Khan, I think it was. Yep. Naga, Naga. Not, not gonna work here anymore, anyways. <laughs> Who I, I, you know, I feel like I know that name. It sounds like a Russian or like Ukrainian name. No, it's got to be Indian. The first name. Yeah, and Khan. And Khan, yeah. So it's like it just seems like a mismatch of a name. Well, nationality American, but well, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, she drew, executive produced "Don't Trust the Bitch" in Apartment Twenty Three, mm. so I probably saw her name in that in the credits for that. She directed "Always Be My Maybe." Oh, that was all right. Yeah, it was all right. Yeah, it was for a rom com. Mm-hmm. Iranian American. Uh-huh. Oh. Oh, her brother, Nick Khan, is the president and CEO of WWE. Oh, (laughs) well, then no relation to the cons who run AEW. (laughs) A lot of cons, right? Well, you know, wrestling's full of con men. (laughs) Got him. Uh, Okay. well, that's it, guys. That's that's horror business for you. That'll do it. That will do it to it. For short, we call it Horbus. No, we don't say it that Hor- Horbiz? We don't say that. We don't say that in this house. <laughs> you don't say that. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, so uh, that just leaves the items of uh, film reviews. So let's do that. All right, guys, we got two um, new releases um, just within the last couple weeks or so. Uh, one theatrical, one streaming. We've got uh, Haunting in Venice and Cobweb. Which I guess Cobweb did have, did have like a limited theatrical run. So Yeah, I don't tend to count that, though. All right. Yeah, I said it. <laughs> Um, which one do you want to start with? Let's, uh, let's, let's start with Cobweb. Okay. It's okay. It was just a bad dream. again. No more nightmares tonight. Okay, champ? <gasps> Daddy! This is getting ridiculous. This is an old house. There's bound to be bumps in the night. Peter drew this? Yes. Is he alright? Peter has an overactive imagination. No more. That's right. You know, it 
wish I had someone I could talk to about the things that were happening in my house. So Cobweb, like I said, is a pretty brand new movie. Um, actually, let's see. Okay, so yeah, the limited theatrical release was in July, apparently. So I guess it was released quite a bit ago, but let's see, it was released on digital format. So. Oh, okay. So apparently it was released last month. I thought it was brand new, like as far as on the streaming services. But either way, um, yeah. Uh, directed by Samuel Bowden, who this is his first theatrical film, actually. Um, and some interesting names popped up in the credits under producers. One's by the name of Evan Goldberg and Seth Rogen. Yeah, a little surprised to see that. Yeah. Um, the, their presence doesn't read in this movie at all. So, no. um, aside from like maybe Lizzie Kaplan's involvement just with their connection of like freaks and geeks. Yeah. But aside from that, has, um, has she actually been in any of their movies? Not that I can think of. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, so this takes place in, um, I don't know, a small town. It's kind of just anywhere USA. Uh, I don't think they give a location, right? If they did, I missed it. This definitely seems like it might be somewhere like in the Midwest uh, like in your northern Midwest or maybe even like northeast somewhere. Um, but yeah, just a very small town. Um, and the movie takes is centered around this little boy, Peter. A, a young, young boy. boy. <laughs> um, and we kind of get right off the bat that he's, he's very quiet and um, as a result is like, the, the target of a, of a lot of bullying. Um, and at, by one fucking piece of shit kid. Yeah. Like somebody needs to slap that kid. Yeah. He's just a piece of shit for no reason. I mean, it's his. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but like, it, I don't want to advocate for child abuse, but that kid's dad probably should have smacked his ass a couple times. Yeah. Man, if I ever found out my son was bullying somebody at school, like to the point of actually like physically harming them, there would be some disciplinary measure, measures taken. Um. Anyway, so yeah, uh, he, he's you know getting pushed around and beat up by this just one kid, this one he, fucking toehead. <laughs> but he uh, he seems to be just kind of like the the 
the target of a lot of um, uh, verbal abuse, I guess. Just just bullying, like verbal bullying by pretty much his entire class, it seems like. Yeah, it's like this one kid will, you know, do something and then the whole class will laugh. Yeah. Um, and then he comes home and we see his parents, played by Lizzie Kaplan and uh, Anthony Starr. Who I just learned his name like when I was watching this and saw his name in the credits, learned his name was Anthony, not Anthony. Oh yeah, <laughs> but uh, you'd know him as uh, um, not Peacemaker. That's um, John Cena. <laughs> yeah, but he's uh, from um, the Boys. The uh, Young Boys. No, not the not the Young Boys. <laughs> um, what the? F- Why am I totally spacing on Homelander? Jesus. Kept like I knew Peacemaker was wrong, but I still wanted to say it. <laughs> I didn't realize that was him because he looks so different in that because he's clean shaven and blonde. Yeah, and also I mean, he's got that muscle suit on too. He's he's much the goose suit. What the goose suit? Goose suit? Oh, uh, have you not seen the little buff boy sketch yet? I guess. Oh no, no, I haven't. <laughs> oh right. yeah, we goose him. That we goosed them. They're wearing goose suits. <laughs> goose suits. <laughs> It's an old circus term. That's why we call them goose suits. <laughs> no, uh, we're not doing Troll Boy. <laughs> uh, I've only seen the first two episodes. Oh, uh, when you were texting me this morning. Fuck you, Harley Jarvis. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you fucking die, Harley Jenkins. Or Jar- it's Jarvis. It's Jarvis. Jarvis, yeah. <laughs> get her. She's trying to get Jarvis. <laughs> get him out of here. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Okay. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah. So his parents—they're uh, just—they're odd. It's not really hard to put a finger on what what it is, but they're just off. Yeah, and it's weird that like Lizzie Kaplan is putting on a voice in this movie, and like she has such a recognizable voice. Yeah. And in this one, she's very kind of like—I don't know—it's very kind of like down to earth, very you know almost southern but not with like much of an accent and so it's just it's just weird to not hear her voice coming out of her yeah that that trademark voice at at one point like it almost sounded like she was doing an accent which was very confusing because uh, like i didn't i mean i didn't bother to rewind it because it's it's whatever but at one point so peter's hearing this knocking on his bedroom wall and of course this freaks him out so he goes running for his parents Brings his mom into his bedroom and she's listening. And she's, it's like, swear she said this wall. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> Say these? <laughs> Did you do that on purpose? I guess I'm like, too trying crazy. Did you say S? <laughs> oh, no. No, no, your tooth fell out. <laughs> Stop taking out your teeth. I can be able to eat the hot, eat this hot dog. Keep pulling your teeth out. <laughs> Suck it down. <laughs> um, uh, anyway, it's so, okay. Yeah, so we see that he's he's getting bullied at school. So obviously he's got a very tough life. His parents are just weird, and um, it is Halloween, or you know, Halloween season. Halloween's coming up, and what is it? He sees what kids. Picking out Halloween costumes? Is that what no, it is? No, the teacher asks him what he's going to dress up as. That's right. 
Um, and uh, he goes home to ask his parents, you know, I want to go trick-or-treating this year. Um, and his parents both just kind of freeze. And they say, no, absolutely not. And they tell him this tale, like his dad says, you know, the, the house down the street that's all boarded up. Well, a few years before you were born, there was a girl who lived there. She went out trick-or-treating in this neighborhood, and nobody ever saw her again. And so around here, trick-or-treating is just a little unsafe, and we just feel better if you didn't. That never really p- pays off. That whole thing, unless I completely missed it. And you completely missed it then. Okay. <laughs> it's, well, the way they do it is kind of confusing, and I can't really say it without giving stuff away. But it's it's alluded to without specifically saying it. I think I know what you're talking about, but I guess, yeah, just because it didn't pay off in the way that I thought it would. Or maybe it wasn't just like, it maybe. wasn't as neatly tied up with a bow, a bow as it could or sh- maybe should have been. Right. It just it, to me, it just seemed like that was something that was just kind of hanging out here and never really got really incorporated into the main plot. Yeah, they they kind of like I said, they kind of alluded to it, but didn't really tie it up. And they were just like, I, I think they were just like the audience will get it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, so which uh, little memorandum to filmmakers out there the audience is stupid (laughs) (laughs) uh so like i said um he's in bed and he's awoken by weakened awoken awoken not awokened I didn't say awoken. Okay, awoken, yeah. But it's not awakened. awoken. I think either awoken or awakened. I think either. Either. Either, either. Either. Neither, neither. <laughs> anyway. He's he, woken up. He wakes up <laughs> uh, to by the sound of uh, tapping coming from somewhere in his room. From his chamber door. Yep. There's some bird, nevermore or something. Yeah, Whatever. I think it was a crow. Yeah. <laughs> this is like it's actually the crow. It's Eric Draven, <laughs> just perched above his bed. Brandon Lee, back from the dead. No, it was, it was Edward Furlong. Oh, <laughs> the bad crow. It wasn't even Eric Draven. <laughs> um. Anyway, okay. So yeah, he uh, he's here's a tapping coming from somewhere in his room. He susses out that it's coming from this wall, this you know particular wall. And that's when he freaks out. He goes to get his mom, and his mom comes in. And he's like, he says, "These wall, these wall," and um, he says, "You know, like she just gives this like she explains it away like I'm sure every parent has told every child at some point. She's like, oh, you're just it's in your head.' Uh, it's like you have a." Uh, a great imagination, but everything, all the noises you're hearing, all that, that's all in your head. Yeah. It's like, that's, uh, that's what you tell crazy people. Yeah. Like she does it in this way where it's like, you know, it, it's so great that you have this big giant imagination, but also it just means you're crazy. Yeah. It's like, you're insane. So hush. <laughs> it's like, you're hearing voices. 
which is a good thing because it means you're creative. <laughs> what? Um. Yeah, and so we kind of get this back and forth between him at home and at school. There's a, a substitute teacher, like a long-term substitute teacher there, I mean, Miss Divine, who is kind of connecting with him, maybe in a way that he's not used to, but he kind of um, lets her in a little bit. Yeah, because it starts out because the, the bully kid is just like, hey, nerd, at recess. Yeah. And so recess comes and he just stays in the, in the class. And so then he, him and the teacher have some one-on-one time. Right. Not in like a Mary Kay Letourneau way. Like, no, I'd be icky. <laughs> I'd be extra icky because he's just a, little, a young boy. Yeah, he's like 12. Yeah. If that. Man. Got like popcorn husk stuck in my gums. It's driving me crazy. <laughs> um. Anyway, so... Yeah, like they, they kind of start to connect, and she starts kind of seeing something in him where she's becoming concerned about him and his home life, um, and just doesn't really know what to make of it. But you know, her being a teacher, she's kind of towing the line. Yeah, she's kind of restricted as far as how she can, how far she can take it, um, especially being a substitute, right? But back at home, the tapping continues, and eventually he starts hearing a voice. Now, calling his name, not just random talking. Somebody's actually saying his name. Um, and so naturally, he freaks out again. He goes to get his dad. And his dad's like, uh, you know what that is? That's rats. We're going to kill them rats. Yep. <laughs> rats that say Peter. Right. Happens all the time. Yep. There's, it's little known that there's a species of rat that will say Peter. Yeah. It's not, it, they don't actually say it. Sounds, just, it sounds like it Peter. It sounds like Peter. Yeah. <laughs> but it's really just like a mating call? Yeah. It's just a, just a squeak. Right. Um, but uh, yes, but this continues over the next few days. And eventually, like, they start having conversations. And I don't know how far I should get into this. Yeah. I don't know what would be really a spoiler and what isn't. Yeah. <laughs> I would say something, but we made a joke about it earlier, so it would be really a giveaway. Anyway, so he's talking with his voice, and... um he finds out that she was put in these walls years ago. And is it a spoiler to say who put her there? I guess I wasn't realizing how much this is my like spoiler territory. This is, yeah, this is the kind of thing where we should watch trailers and see how much the trailer gives away. Mm, yeah. Cause that kind of gives us a, a, a boundary. Yeah. Should, should we do that? <laughs> like right now? <laughs> I mean, we'll, we'll pause it. Okay, sure. Okay. Hold on, we'll be right back.
And we're back. After a careful review of the trailer, we've discovered that very little is given away. (laughs) So that would provide a very lackluster review. So, I mean, so we can't talk about the, the drawing. Yeah, so they're asked to uh, draw something for Halloween. For Halloween, and most of the kids are drawing vampires and monsters and Draculas and pumpkins. You know, Halloween fair. Um, but Peter draws himself in bed with a little speech bubble that says "Help me." And then just blackness. Right. Yeah, the entire page is black. Um, His teacher, obviously, is very concerned by this and takes it to his house. Um, And basically, his parents just kind of, you know, just give the same excuse. Oh, he's, you know, he's got such an overactive imagination. Right. Blah, blah, blah. And, you know, the teacher's like, is is everything, you know, okay? (laughs) Uh, and you know, asked to see Peter, uh, but he had they already. I don't think so. I don't th- yeah, I don't know. Anyway, so yeah, just something very strange is going on, and it's really hard to kind of put the pieces together. And there's and the parents are a little off. Like, there's definitely something weird about the parents. They're not um, super doting or loving, and they they have a uh, unique idea of discipline. Yeah, and yeah, his, his his dad his dad just seems kind of like a dad at first. At first, and his mom, like you said, not very doting, but definitely seems like kind of like the housewife type mom. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, everything seems like very superficially normal. Like, if you look at it, like, conceptually, it seems normal, but, like, something's just off about it. Like, when you look at a picture of somebody backwards, like a mirror image of, of a picture yeah. or something, and it's just like, there's something off about that, but I can't put my finger on it. You're right. It's kind of like that thing. Um, Anyway, but yeah, as Peter talks to this person in the wall... um. And he learns about who who they are, how they got there, um, and the whole thing just kind of starts spinning out of control. Um, and you know, while he's finding out what he believes to be the truth, as told by this person in the wall, because who are you gonna if you can't trust the person in the wall, who can you trust? You know, well, sure. <laughs> um. He's got them telling him one story. He's got his parents telling him a different story. And then you've got the teacher who's trying to connect with the student who seems to be having problems at home. Uh, Well, not just at home, but at school. Um, And yeah, this all is kind of swirling around until it all comes to a head. Like it all, it seems to stay pretty separate and like the pieces don't really start fitting together until almost the end. Yeah. It was, was kind of weird as, as far as like a, a, a format goes. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I really don't want to say a lot about the kind of the 
deeper plot points because it starts giving stuff away. Yeah. All right. Um. Yeah. Uh, so, like, like I said, the the director. This is his first um, feature film. Um. I don't. It doesn't really read that way. It seems pretty well done. It's competent. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, first time directors, you see kind of technical errors all over the place. Or they try to do too much sometimes. Yeah. I'm going to do some weird, crazy angles and, you know, spin the camera on a top and shit. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, this doesn't really have that. It's it's pretty straightforward. Um, it's got definitely an air of just, there's just this ambiance. Like the uh, the house they live in is is old and it's kind of run down. It's not very well taken care of. It's got a and so like pumpkin patch in the backyard. Yeah, there's a pumpkin patch like taking over the entire backyard yeah. practically. And not just like cute little you know perfectly round pumpkins that you go you take the family to the pumpkin patch and you get yourselves cute pumpkins. It's like these are like like old like almost gray pumpkins. Yeah, and it's not like real really tended to. They don't go out and pick them every year or anything. Yeah. There's there's like you know just pumpkin rot everywhere. Mm-hmm. And then, like, his room is, you know, it's just lit by a couple lights on the walls. There's no, like, overhead lighting. The wallpaper almost looks like the Haunted Mansion wallpaper. Yeah. And so the the whole ambiance of it is is just creepy just in the house itself. Yeah. In the lighting and stuff. And they do this really cool thing where he'll be laying in bed and there's almost like a spotlight at the on the wall at the foot of the bed when he's talking to it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so there's just this air of kind of, like unease Mm -hmm. through the whole movie which really adds to the whole feel of it i guess it 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 plays into especially the parts that are creepy um but even when there's not necessarily something creepy going on it it makes you think that something could at at any second right um because family definitely has secrets yeah and so a lot of the movie is trying to figure out what exactly they are right um, all that being said, it seemed like the story was kind of a little flat. Um, there weren't a lot of like twists and turns. Mm-mm. And uh, the thing that, that kind of bugged me the most was the ending was kind of, it was just kind of done. Yeah. The, yeah. like I, I, the whole third act was, it was a mess for me. Um, it felt derivative in a lot of ways. A lot. I feel like a lot of the whole movie was was derivative. Sure. I mean, derivative seems like a very harsh word, but I, I just can't think of a better one. <laughs> right. <laughs> um. Yeah, and and just the whole. Uh, how do I say this without giving anything away? <laughs> um. The aesthetic of it is. Um, hokey. Can you elaborate on that? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, yeah, <and> this. <sighs> the, the concept at its core, especially when you know everything. Like at the end, you know everything that's that's going on. All the secrets are revealed. The plot itself 
it's very much something like, well, I've seen this before. Yeah. Um, the one kind of twist to it, the one that kind of plays in to the title of the film was, it didn't, it didn't make any sense to me. And I will say that this movie, it kind of keeps you guessing for, for a good long while about the supernatural element. Mm-hmm. It might be a bit of a spoiler to say, but I, I'll just tell you there there isn't one. There is, like the supernatural element of the whole thing is a red herring. Um, and uh, the fact so the element of the that kind of plays into the title cobweb, it seems so out of place, and that it almost seems a little silly. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, again, I can't really go into that too much, but it's just like a lot of it seems so grounded, more or less, you know, as much as you can with a horror film, um, you know, where, where the theme is somebody hidden in the wall, mm-hmm. as, as grounded as you can get with some, with a theme like that for this person to then have things that almost would fit better in some kind of supernatural film um just see it it seemed awkward and not forced but i don't know just off-putting i guess yeah the whole motivation seemed ham-fisted yeah and it's (laughs) you know once this once the the goal is achieved, it's like, well, what what are you going to do now? Yeah, what are you going to do? <laughs> what was the point? Right. Um, I wish we could talk more about the plot because I feel like we're being very vague. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's there's just a lot in this that would be spoiler territory. Like, I'd say like as soon as like a quarter of the way into the runtime, you start getting spoilers. So there's not a lot of jump scares. <clears throat> there's like one scene that kind of has some jump scares, but it's in the trailer. Right. Yeah. That, that one scene is, is easily the creepiest part of the whole movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's pretty effective being creepy. Again, something you wouldn't expect to see in this film. But it it does turn out to be a dream sequence, so it's kind of it's like Patrick Duffy in the shower. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I don't know anything else. The way the, the the creepiest part about it, and I, I think I can get away with this because it's in the trailer. Like you see Lizzie Kaplan at the end of a hallway, and like her eyes are glowing and her hands are out at this weird angle. Mm-hmm. And then she starts running down the hallway towards the, the kid's room and the lights go out. Yeah. It's like the door doesn't close or anything to like stop her. Just the lights go out. And so you have no idea like how close is she? Is she about to jump through the darkness? Well, like, it's like, so yeah, she's, she starts running and she gets to a point before the lights come out or the turn out where it's just like, okay, she's coming through that door in like one second. Right. The lights turn out and you still hear her running, but it's a good like, 
five seconds before she actually comes through the doorway. So it's just like, what the hell's happening? Right. Yeah. The fact, like, that, her, that was cool. That was a cool scene. Yeah. Like, she's all, it's probably just the lighting, but her, her like, she looks all gray. Yeah. And, like, like, her, like eyes said, her eyes are glowing. <laughs> Fucked up. Yeah. And, like, his dad, uh, she's, or he's, like, standing in his bed, like, a corner of his bedroom. And he, like, you can't tell where the sound's coming from or what's causing it. But it's like, it's like a clicking noise almost. Mm hmm. And then you get closer to him, and you realize it's coming from his eyelids, and like he's blinking his eyes really fast, and it's just like this clicking sound when he when he blinks his eyes. Yeah, that's unsettling. Yeah. Um. Yep. Yeah the the first two acts were were decent, although I saw where it was going, and then the third act, like I said, it's the third act just feels. Not separate, like it doesn't feel, um, you know, some movies like the third act just kind of takes in a completely different direction and it feels detached. Yeah. This isn't that, but it's just the tone kind of changes and it it doesn't really work in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Like I said, I knew where it was going, so it felt derivative. Um, I mean, it, it definitely felt like, I can't think of a specific movie, but I've seen this plot device before yeah maybe maybe not so much derivative just predictable yeah but, but like i said i've definitely seen this this plot device before sure. so but I, it was i thought it was decent leading up to that yeah same uh it really did feel like it was going somewhere and then at the end it just kind of s- I don't know, stalled out a little bit. I felt like it could have built towards this really cool ending and it just didn't quite deliver. Yeah. Um, I think said the ending itself seemed like the movie just kind of stops. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I appreciate what, what they're trying to do at the end, but it just didn't really, I guess, work the way they thought it was going to, mm-hmm. but other than that, like like I said, you know, for being a first time director, especially, I thought it was very well done. Um, it, it the the whole color palette and the ambiance of the film worked really well to make it very creepy and uncomfortable. Yeah, uh, the camera angles, especially, like you know, they did a lot of a lot of close ups on people's faces just. Just made you feel a little claustrophobic almost. Yeah. But, um, yeah. I'd like to, this guy write this too? Or is no, I don't believe so. No. No, written by Chris Thomas Devlin. What's he done? Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, well. <laughs> can't win them all. <laughs> that was not a good movie. Mm-mm. <clears throat> I saw a lot of people say, like, when that movie came out and it was just getting trashed left and right, I saw a lot of people saying, I was like, you guys are setting the bar too high for a Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie, and you know, you're just bitching them just to, just to bitch. And it's like, I'm sure there are a lot of people like that. 
But also, the fact that it is a Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie means it shouldn't have been hard to deliver. Yeah. And the fact that it didn't meant there was something seriously wrong with it. Um, anyway. Uh, I did find it interesting that this was on the blacklist. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Which, anybody who's not familiar with the blacklist, it's basically... Um, a, a list in the industry of a bunch of unproduced scripts or you know, screenplays. Um, and I don't know if it's ranked or just, you know, like the people say like, oh, this is the most desirable project on the blacklist. And I believe this was, was up there when it was on the blacklist. Um, and then, then James Spader comes along and he, he picks one. Yeah. And makes a TV show out of it. Yeah. yeah. Or a movie, in this case. Sure, yeah. Yeah, Blacklist is an annual... That's s- the, the TV show is about him making these movies, right? right. I've never seen it, so I, I just assume that's what it's about. <laughs> I don't know. I've never seen it. <laughs> I never saw the show. Um, yeah. Annual survey of the most liked motion picture screenplays not yet produced. It has been published every year since 2005. So... Anyway, um, I like how in the trailer it's like from the producer of it and whatever the other one was, the uh, barbarian barbarian, but it doesn't say and super bad yeah, (laughs) (laughs) and green lantern. Uh, And sausage party. From the creative team who brought you Sausage Party. And this is the end. And the producer of The Grudge 3. <laughs> uh, we were talking last night, or Friday night, and I was like, how come trailers don't have voiceovers anymore? I, maybe there just aren't enough guys that have cool voices anymore. I'll do it. You know, cool voice. I could, I could do a you cool know, voice. cool voice. I could do a cool voice. And you get really deep and dramatic like this. Yes. Welcome to the Grave Plot Podcast. Ah, <laughs> uh, you did the thing, guys. <laughs> Surprise, he's, it's he's me. The guy. It's me. <laughs> <laughs> we both have really cool narrator voices. Cause we can get we can get really low and creepy. Yeah. Like this. This is my creepy voice. Creepy <laughs> paper. We do it. <laughs> We do it completely effortlessly in a world. Sometimes family secrets creep out. That was what it said in the trailer for this. It said that, yeah. But they didn't have anybody say it. No. It was just words. Maybe it's just creepier to put like intense music with like punctuations. Yeah. When the things when the when the thing comes up. But like we saw a trailer for Friday the 13th 5 and there was like a whole voiceover and it, was, it just made it so much better. Yeah. We should bring it back. We'll start making our own trailers. We should. With with really intense voiceovers. Yeah. And then we'll do buzz, Bozo dubbed over. <laughs> what? It's another I think you should leave sketch. <laughs> Everyone's watching internet videos and he doesn't have one. So the next day he comes back and he goes, oh, search for Bozo dubbed over. She's like, what is that? And he goes, just just search for it. And she looks it up and she goes, 
This says it was uploaded last night and has one view. <laughs> He's like, yeah, just, just watch it. And it's just like this old video of Bozo the Clown. And you're just like, what the fuck is this? Look at this fucking guy. Oh, look at his fucking hat. <laughs> like, <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> All right, let's wrap this up. Um, um, six? Six? I mean, I like two thirds of it, so uh, yeah, let's, let's, let's give it a six. Sure. Yeah. All right. Well, do you ever contemplate switching to a five, like a like one out of five system? No, I haven't. No. I feel like uh, the number would be less arbitrary. Because I feel like when we're getting in the zone of like six or seven, which we do a lot, it just it seems silly. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, do you get what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> but we stole the midnight podcast system. So I know. <laughs> We've been doing it for 10 years. <laughs> Maybe our 10-year anniversary, we, we suddenly switch our rating system. <laughs> but you're like, man, they got really harsh all of a sudden. <laughs> but, I mean, like, if we switch to, like, f- five, you're, you're like, let's say five stars. It's like, I feel like the difference between three and four stars is more significant than the difference between six and seven. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> oh, we'll, we'll discuss we'll it. Think, think about it. All right. Let's head to Italia for, uh, Hey, Italia. Hey, you gotta do the Paisan hands. <laughs> you gotta for, get some gabagoo. Hey, forget <laughs> about it. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, let's go to Italy for a haunting in Venice. Hercule Poirot, I've found something. I've looked at it from every which way. I am the smartest person I ever met, and I can't figure it out, so I came to the second. You are up to something, my friend. I've seen a million of these so-called psychics, each one a fake. I do not believe in psychics. Come with me to a seance. Spot the con I can't. Detective, you are here to discredit me. But I can talk to the dead. I'd give all I have to hear my daughter's voice. If someone wants to be heard, we are here. Listening. Mama? Felicia? What is happening? Trap us here. Somebody is dead. No one shall leave this place until I know who did it. A ghost killed her. There must be a rational answer for all of this. Just admit that you are up against something bigger than you. No! Something in this house tried to kill me. Don't look at me like I'm a suspect. We're old friends. Every murderer is somebody's old friend. No 
one shall leave until I find if the living have been killed by the dead. You have been hiding here all this time. Who are you talking to? All right, so A Haunting in Venice 2023 just came out uh, two days ago, in fact, of this recording, uh, based on a book by Agatha Christie, uh, based on the 1969 novel Halloween Party, which, why do they put the apostrophe between the E's in Halloween? What is it replacing? Hallow's Eve, or Hallow's Evening, it's just, I'm, every time I see it, I'm tempted to say it like Polly Shore. Halloween. <laughs> I mean, I guess that would technically be right. Uh, yeah. Directed by and starring Kenneth Branagh as Hercule Poirot. A little more stank on there than needed to be. <laughs> Did I? I don't think I put as much stank on it as they do. It's like, we get it. He's French. Belgian. Is he Belgian? Yeah. Well, he sounds French. He sounds like Mandy Patankin. <laughs> he sounds like Inigo Montoya. He sounds like Jean-Claude Van Damme. And he has two mustaches. <laughs> he does have two mustaches. Should I do my mustache like that? Yep. Yep. I think you should be him for Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> have you, like, it's like an intense mustache. It's almost like on the level of the old Perot. Have you ever seen that? I don't think so. Like from the PBS shows? If I if I have, I don't recall. I'm sure you have. You probably just didn't know who he was. That's that's very possible. Oh, that's not as wild as I remembered it being. Maybe I just built it up in my head. But yeah, that's there was a, a Perot TV show that ran for I think several years. Who's that actor? Some fucking guy. Oh yeah, <laughs> he looks like uh, a mix of. Ty Burrell and um, Antonio Scarpacci. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, Poirot has. Oh wow! It's, this was the show was more recent than I thought it was. It premiered in 1990 and just wrapped up in 2013. Oh, I thought it was from like the 70s and 80s. <laughs> <laughs> so Poirot has retired from his sleuthing. And uh, he has just gone to live in Venice. And he's, he's like always has people following him. And they're just like, hey, you know, I've got this case. I need your help. And he's just like, nope, I'm retired. And then his bodyguard just like checks people into the water. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> Out of the way, Peck. <laughs> but one day, uh, his friend uh, Ariad, Ariadne, Ariadne. Ariadne, is that right? Ariadne. Ariadne. Uh, Oliver, played by Tina Fey. Weird, weird casting. Yeah, when I saw her in the trailer, I was just like, that's an interesting choice. Like, I haven't really seen her in anything serious. Dramatic, yeah. But she does pretty much play the comic relief in this. Yeah, but even that it's not, is still... like It's not Liz Lemon or anything. Yeah, like... it's like not, not, not a knee slapper or anything. Right. It's more just little quips. Mm-hmm. But she convinces him to, it's, it's not a case, per se. 
but she she's a she basically plays Agatha Christie as far as I can tell. Um, she's this you know mystery writer, and uh, but her last three books have flopped, and it, it seems like her books are grounded in reality in some way. She based her she got famous basing books on Poirot. Yeah, and in in turn he became famous based on based her, on the books from yeah. her books. Squid Pro Row. That's what they say. Mm-hmm. Oh, he played Jacques Lafleur in uh, Harry Anderson's. Who did? The guy who played Perot. Oh. Not Kenneth Branagh. No. Uh, what's his name? Um, David Suket. Suck it. Yep. That's what they call him. <laughs> DX. Got him. <laughs> But so Tina Fey has this, she saw this psychic that recently got out of prison. They called her the the unholy Joyce Reynolds. And she believes that she's the real deal, even though Tina Fey doesn't actually believe in psychics and mediums and ghosts and ghouls and goblins, little green ghouls. (laughs) ghouls. Uh, But so she wants Poirot to come with her and, you know, sleuth out the the malarkey. I believe the name is actually pronounced Pora or like something like that. Poro. I can't even see it. Yeah, I can't see, even say it. And I put too much stank on it. <laughs> I'm just saying they, they say it a, a particular way in the movie, but I just say Poro because I can't, I, even if I were to say it once, there's no way I could consistently say it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying it the best I can. Yeah. And I'm, I'm doing the best I can over <laughs> here, guys. The best I can. With our clumsy American mouths. Yeah. But so on Halloween Eve, they there's this big party at this p- big giant palazzo. Mostly for the kids in the neighborhood. And so, you know, they go and all would, the... It, actually, it says at the beginning that uh, the, uh, the, the American presence in Italy during the war has brought Halloween to the country. Because... Mm-hmm. Obviously, Halloween is is big in like the UK and America. Pretty much not anywhere else. Yeah, I wonder if that's true. I mean, David Ferrier did a flightless bird episode on Halloween because I guess they don't really have it in New Zealand. So really, I mean, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah, I just I wonder if the whole if the, if there's a Venetian um, Halloween festival of some kind. I don't know. Yes, yeah, so they go to this palazzo and there, there's this you know like puppet show. It's Enrico Palazzo. <laughs> they go to Enrico's palazzo. <laughs> I just watched that recently. I actually watched it on the plane on uh, on, our, on our way down to L.A. And oh yeah, it's like it's just the jokes are stuck in my head now. So, but they they show this puppet show, and I was convinced. I looked it up, and I was wrong. But I was convinced that this guy who was narrating the puppet show was Bash Howard from Glow. <laughs> <laughs> like that voice was so like even, even Lynn, Lynn leaned over to me and she goes, who is that voice? And I was like, I think it's Sam Rockwell. And then, then he t- kept talking and I was like, no, it's Bash Howard. Is it? I mean, it's not. It's not. No, it's just some guy. Some fucking guy. It's some guy who does like a lot of voice work from what I saw in his IMDb. You don't say. Because yeah, you never see his face. But they tell the story about this. Palazzo used to be uh, like a hospital for children. And 
they eventually just like locked all the children in there and left them to die. <laughs> because so, they had uh, typhus? Is that what it was? Uh, something like that, yeah. And so now there's this legend of the... Uh, not the children's revenge. What was it? The children's... Vendetta. Vendetta. Vendetta, vendetta. <laughs> and so basically the, the, they scratch their back. So, you know, that's how we know that Ghost Adventures is real. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if, uh, if Douchebag has ever been to this house, this palazzo. And that's that's the, the mark of the whore. The mark of the <laughs> mark of the children's <laughs> vendetta. It's the mark of the whore. <laughs> I got kicked on the face by a Clydesdale. It's <laughs> <laughs> another movie I gotta watch again. But so at a certain time, you know, all the kids leave and the adults are left and they're gonna have a seance. And so the unholy Joyce Reynolds shows up, played by Michelle Yao. Is it Yao? I thought it was Yao. I thought it was Yo. Yo! It could be Yo. I don't know. Yo, Michelle! Yo, Adrian! You got AIDS. <laughs> you got AIDS, yo. Damn, that's how they tell you? We're never going to get through this. <laughs> but so she, yeah, she starts doing her whole gimmick, and there's a typewriter, and she'll ask a question, and the typewriter will type out, you know, why for yes and for no. Basically, you know, a vintage Ouija board. Mm-hmm. And eventually, Perot, like, reaches up into the chimney. He's like, nah, dog. Yeah, and this guy falls out of the chimney, and he's got a remote control for the typewriter. And, and, like, he's like, okay, see, this proves that it's all bullshit. But then, like, the doors swing open, and all of a sudden, it's funny, because people are just like, oh, my God, see, that proves it's real. And he's like, well, I just, I just, like, I just proved this part is fake. <laughs> Why do why are we automatically assuming that's real? <laughs> but so did we determine if they showed who actually died in the trailer? I don't think they did, no. Okay, well, it's a murder mystery movie, so obviously someone dies. Yeah, it's uh, it's Agatha Christie. So, yeah, so there's murder most foul. And so you murder, know, murder, 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 murder. So now now Poirot is on the case. He starts making his lists. That's his trademark. Is he makes lists. Mm-hmm. And he checks them twice. He does the, the thing. And so a lot of the middle of the movie is him just kind of interrogating people. Yeah. But at the same time, there's like weird, creepy, supernatural stuff going on, which is uncommon for Agatha Christie. Agatha Christie is not known for ghost stories. No. And like Poirot starts hearing, you know, little kids' voices he sees figures in the mirror. This is all in the trailer, so I'm not giving anything away that you don't already know. Um, and so as he's trying to solve this murder, he's kind of getting convinced that maybe there's a supernatural bent going on. Maybe uh, maybe a ghost killed this person. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Yep. yep. Again, very, very creepy movie. Um, the... Uh, ambiance and the, and the tone of it is, you know, better than most things that James Wan makes. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, it, it presents itself as a, as a horror movie having a, a, a supernatural element. 
Yeah, I mean, this is by you know, say our show standards, it's much less of a horror movie. Uh, it's it is a murder mystery um, drama. Yeah, I mean, more so anybody who knows who Hercule Poirot is in Agatha Christie, you know, kind of how a story is going to end. Mm-hmm. Like you know, suddenly all the pieces come together and. The murder is is the butler. Yeah, um, and I mean, really, this is not different. Yeah, um, like you said, you know, there's he starts getting visions and hearing things, so it's like, like, oh God, are there ghosts in this house? And you know, is or the is the curse real or the vendetta real or whatever? Um, and that that I mean, that you kind of wait for that to play out, but it's like. Again, if you if you know Agatha Christie at all, you kind of know how this is going to end, so you don't get too excited. At least <laughs> I didn't um, about the you know the supernatural element of it. You know that like Perot's going to suss out the culprit. You know, yeah, and um, that's that's just what he does, <laughs> right? But uh, the movie does a good job of kind of going back and forth of making you kind of question, like, is there a supernatural bent to this? Is are there ghosts? Is this uh, something you know beyond what Poirot can just explain away by by conventional means? Mm -hmm. But yeah, um, this is the third film of 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 Branagh's series. Mm -hmm. Um, I haven't seen the other two. I I haven't either, but Lynn has. Has she? Yeah. yeah like, I keep meaning to. I've, I've heard um, Murder on the Orient Express is really good. Yeah. Um, and I, just, I keep meaning to watch it and just never have. Um, the cast of Death on the Nile is uh, pretty pretty cringy looking back on it. Uh, I can't remember. It's got, uh, I know Russell Brand is in it. Yikes. <laughs> There were some other people. Um, Army Hammer. Oh, man. Letitia Wright. Um, I, I know there was some kind of controversy with Gal Gadot at some point. There was? Yeah, something about Israel. I don't remember exactly what it was. Mm. So, yeah, a couple people who have uh, probably would have been recast if they could go back and do it again. Well... What are you going to do? But, uh, yeah, fucking Murder on the Orient Express. Uh, this has a great cast, too. I mean, there are not all, like, really well-known people. I know Johnny Depp is in it. In? Orient Express. Oh. Oh, I thought you were talking about this. It's like, uh, uh, I don't think he was. But, I mean, you know, Kenneth Branagh, obviously. Um, Jamie Dornan. You're talking about Venice. Yes. Uh, Tina Fey, obviously. Um, Kelly Riley. Michelle Yao. Um, maybe it's Yao. Not Ye- Is that how you said it? I think that's how I said it. I don't know. It's like one of those things where you say it so many times in your head, you're not sure which one's right. Roads. <laughs> Rudes. This is one of those words. Um. And then, yeah, I mean, people, the supporting cast, I mean, aside from these people that you would be familiar with, um, were, were, were good too. I thought the kid was really good. Um, Jude Hill plays Leopold. Mm-hmm. I thought he was really, except when he had to cry. Yeah. 
I, that's that's uh, a pinch point for a lot of kid actors. I've, I've noticed. Yeah, they just they can emote all they want. Just crying is a different skill. Mm-hmm. Even some, I'd, I'd say probably most adults can't do it. Yeah, but. I mean that's like the you know uh, benchmark of a of a great actor as they always talk about you know crying on command. Right. Yeah, I, th- I thought otherwise he was really good. Yeah, no, I agree. Not just like for a little kid, but like just overall, he was he was great. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, th- I mean, this is another one with like really great cinematography. Um, made some really good use of like awkward angles, just could kind of like add to the uh, uncomfortable comfortability of the. Uh, the, the unease of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. A lot of Dutch angles and, and whatnot. Yeah. A lot of, again, like similar to Cobweb, a lot of uh, up close shots mm-hmm. of people's faces. Um, But, I mean, like whether this is a credit, I, I'm not familiar with this, with the story um, um, Halloween party. I'm honestly, aside from Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> Aside from um, Murder on the Orient Express, I'm actually not super familiar with a lot of Agatha Christie's work. Me neither. Like I'm, I'm familiar with it like by name only, mostly. Like I, I obviously know who Agatha Christie is, and I know her overarching themes and style and stuff. But yeah. I don't really know the stories specifically. Right. Um, so I don't know where this falls. Like if this, I don't know how closely this followed the story if i'm look, i mean i'm looking kind of at the um wikipedia page for it it sounds pretty different yeah that's what i'm looking at too um but i like i, t- I mean credit to the to the writer uh michael green uh i thought the uh the story was very well constructed it definitely kept you guessing right up to the end i mean there were some elements that you know, if you're paying attention, if you're a, a, an observant person, you'll pick it up as as, as it goes. Um, but it doesn't necessarily even these little pieces don't give up the story. Mm-hmm. Um, so that 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 was that was good. Um, that even even if you pick up little clues, it doesn't mean it's giving up the entire story. Um, let's see. Oh, he wrote he wrote. Um, Logan. Oh, um, interesting. Murder on the Orient Express. So did he write all of all three? Uh, yes. Death on Nile too. Uh, <laughs> Jungle Cruise. <laughs> Blade. Yeah, <laughs> fits. Uh, Blade Runner twenty forty nine. And he wrote a Green. Wait, is this? Oh yeah, he wrote Green Lantern. So. I don't care what anybody says. I thought that was a, a at least half decent movie. Um, and then he's had a bunch of TV work. Smallville, Everwood, Heroes, American Gods. Anyway, so yeah, he's clearly a a, um, a well-versed writer. And yeah, it definitely plays out well in this film. And I've always liked Branagh's work as a director. I've always thought he's done a really good job. Um, I mean, going back to like Frankenstein, 
Um, and uh, the first Thor movie. I mean, that movie is like really underappreciated, I think, just because it doesn't. It's not like the the bombastic, you know, in your face superhero movies. The YTD movies, huh? It's not the YTD movies. That yeah, that. And I th- yeah, I feel like a lot of people didn't really take Thor seriously. <laughs> people didn't take Thor seriously as a character until he became funny. <laughs> became less serious. Yeah. <laughs> um, but one thing I will say about this and. I mean, I haven't seen the other two, and I said, like I said, I don't really know the, the books very well, so maybe this is just how it is, but it, it's this way in a lot of murder mystery stuff where Poro kind of just jumps to conclusions in a lot of ways, and he's just like, this is what you did, and the person's like, yeah, you got me. <laughs> like, I have no proof of this, but you did it. Yeah, I did it. <laughs> there, see, you, proof. <laughs> um, no one's ever like, prove it, copper. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is the kind of stuff that was the inspiration for, like... Knives Out. Knives Out, Glass Onion. That's obvious. Yeah, that's that's got to be the biggest influence. Oh, absolutely. Um, and just, you know, murder mystery parties, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. That, that all spawns from a lot of Agatha Christie's work. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Have you ever actually been to a murder mystery party? I have not. Me neither. It would be fun. Should we have one? Just have one? Yeah. Should we just walk around kind of winking and nodding at people before we realize that we're actually the killer? (laughs) Or that we never actually assigned somebody to be the killer? That somehow we're both the killer? (laughs) I'd like to go to like a professionally done one because I feel like that'd be more exciting. I guess we did a virtual one. Oh, yeah? Yeah, like. In the COVID days, mm. the dark days of COVID, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It was some of her friends, and then Max and Avalon did it with us. Max got super into his character; it was fun. <laughs> that tracks, yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway. Uh. Yeah. The, the The setting in this this rundown palazzo that was. I mean, I imagine it was all sets, but it was very, um, um, uh, neat. Yes. <laughs> um, I mean, just the fact you're, even though this place is huge, you know, being trapped, it, it suddenly becomes, feels very small. Yeah, like, not only does he lock everybody in, but also there's this huge storm outside. And, you know, it's Venice, so, like, there's no roads. It's all the, the uh, channels, right? Canal. Canals. Um, and, they're, you know, the water's rising and the waves are insane and yeah yeah I mean, it's a violent storm it's like knocking like pier posts over and stuff mm-hmm. and, um yep. yep 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 there's a whole thing with bees <laughs> not the bees <laughs> bees um i'm trying to think if there's anything else worth mentioning like it's funny that you know we we, we sit here and we accurately say it's not a horror movie per se, but honestly it is like creepier and more like tonally scary than a lot of the, you know, ghost horror movies. Like, yeah. Like Amityville's or like I said, a lot of, you know, James Wan. I, I've given credit to James Wan before for his, you know, ability to set a tone and, and create a creepy atmosphere. And this does that equally as well, but also tells a good story. Right. Which he is not mastered. He, which he did. Yeah. He does <laughs> not do. 
Um, yeah, and like this. Uh, oh shit! What the hell is I gonna say? Mm, I like fought like the front of my mind, and then you started talking, and it just went went away. Sorry, ah, it's my own fault. My own shitty memory. <laughs> Maybe quit smoking these doobie joints, my cats. <laughs> No, no, that does not agree with me. <laughs> oh, Nat. Well, I don't like that. <laughs> uh, I, I wish I could remember what I was going to say. Yeah, me too. I felt like it was poignant, but I really cannot remember what it was. Sounds like it could have been cool. Yeah. I mean, maybe. Uh, I don't want to like overspeak because sometimes I say things that are just not cool. You'll remember like as soon as we stop recording. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Just like uh, I couldn't remember we were going to Fright Night until yeah. suddenly I just remembered on the plane until you tried to watch Fright Night. <laughs> yeah. Guys, I was telling Taylor that you know I made we made this plan to go see Fright Night. We talked about it on Sunday, like the day we f- we flew into L.A. or sitting down for lunch or dinner or whatever we want to call it. Um, and talking about going to Fright Night that Friday. It was the last we spoke of it. And then something came up. Or just like, oh, wait, no, I can't, I can't do this thing because I think we were talking about going to see this. That's what it was. Yep. It's like, wait, no, I can't go on Friday because I'm doing something else. What am I doing? And then, like, I remembered having a conversation about it. Mm-hmm. So I went to my wife. I'm like, hey, you remember I was talking about going to see Haunting in Venice on Friday, but I couldn't because I was doing something else. She's like, yeah. Do you remember what that was? Or no, she actually, you know, she didn't remember the conversation at all. It's like, it definitely happened. I know it did. I'm not crazy. So I asked you the exact same thing. It's like, what the hell? And you said you did remember the conversation, but yeah, you couldn't remember, remember what, what it was. What it was. And then however many more days go by, we're flying home and uh, like we're just about to touch down at, like, at, at SeaTac. And like I'm kind of just laying back with my eyes closed, trying to rest a little bit. And I just suddenly like set up. I'm like, what is your fright night? And I think the only thing that put that into my head was the fact that Earlier that day, I was trying to download some movies onto my iPad to watch on the plane. And I'm like, oh, man, I want to watch Fright Night. Because <laughs> I had already forgotten. Again, you didn't remember right then. Yeah. <laughs> Did not remember that I was going to go see it on Friday. So I was trying to download it to my iPad. And like I, I couldn't because it, the, the channel is trying to download it from wouldn't let me. Uh, yeah. I don't know why it didn't click then just suddenly snapped into place when I was on the plane. So, fun little story. That's my story. (laughs) Anyway. uh, Okay. Anything else to talk about with this? Not really. No? Um, Okay. Well, you want to take it away? Um, Like I said, if you're going into it looking for a horror movie, it's... Um, it's not designed to be that way, but it, it is creepy and spooky and altogether ooky. Um, <laughs> that, that, I just remember what I was going to say. 
just say it's because you know it's a murder mystery and not a horror movie. You're not you don't go in expecting goblins and ghouls and ghosts and shit. But that doesn't stop it from having a very horror air about it. Mm-hmm. It, it it plays like a horror movie, even though it isn't. Yeah. So yeah, that's yeah. I mean, say. even in the trailer, you can see there are like ghosts and stuff <clears throat> that like pop up behind him in the mirror and stuff like that. Um. But like, even you know, from a non-horror perspective, it's a good movie. Um. I'll give it an eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I, I, I don't. I always f- have two minds, you know, when we when we remove, review a movie that ultimately is not a horror movie. A lot of it depends on the marketing. Yeah, if the marketing is like it's so scary and spooky, and then it's like you're shit not, your pants, you're yeah. so scared, and then and then it's not even a horror movie. Yeah, but. This one, like I said, it has a very horror air about it, even though it ultimately is not a horror movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but it doesn't all doesn't necessarily market itself as one, other than you know it has haunting in the name. But yeah, um, remember when this when this was like first started being a thing? I was like, oh god, is this another one of those like shitty haunting in Connecticut movies? Like, <laughs> like are they still making those? I hope not. Me too, because those are bad. I'm really hoping that the world, the horror community as a whole, is moving away from that kind of shit. Yeah. Also because, like, the people who, like, actually had the haunting in Connecticut, like, they've been exposed as complete frauds and just, like, crazy. Oh, have they? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Weird how that happens. Right. Um, And yet they still make Amityville movies. And you got to franchise that you don't have to pay much money for it and you might as well just keep doing it yeah anyway um yeah so i i won't i don't want to knock it for not being a horror movie because it, it, I, I already knew it was not going to be um but all in all yeah it was a very well constructed film top to bottom really i mean tv direct, yeah direction cinematography um setting cast all top notch primo stuff so um i think i'll give it a nine Ooh. hot damn hot damn is what taylor says <laughs> all right guys that's gonna do it for this episode um but don't worry we'll be back in a couple of weeks. That's right. And guess what, guys? October Rama. Yeah. <laughs> we start the annual ritual of October Rama, episode one, week of the vampire. Blah 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 blah. <laughs> Every time my son sees my phone case, like he, even though he, even when he knows what something is, what's that? What's that? It's like this, <laughs> at that age. Yeah. It's like, well, this is Dracula. And then he goes, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> um, anyway, yes, so Week of the Vampire. Taylor, what are we going to be watching? We're going to be watching Hotel Transylvania <laughs> and Hotel Transylvania 2. Transylvania no. Transylvania Rama. Transylvania Rama. Yep, that's what we're calling it. <laughs> that's garbage. It's terrible. We're not doing any of that. <laughs> no, we're going to be watching Blood Relatives. 
uh, starring Noah Segan. I think maybe written and directed by Noah Segan. Maybe. Uh, maybe. Or probably not. It sounds like something he'd do. He's, he makes movies all the time. He he's always making movies. He's just like making movies. He's and just like, movies. Hey, what if I just made a movie with vampires? <laughs> As a movie, like, could be cool. It's the Jewish vampires, which is very, like, exact. Like, <laughs> to be. Oh, are they? Yeah. I actually know nothing about this movie. I started watching it because I feel like you put it on the list at some point earlier in the year and i started watching it but then you changed it or the episode got canceled or something yeah that happens yeah that, that all sounds like stuff that is plausible yep maybe it all happened at the same time <laughs> uh, we're also gonna be watching subspecies five yeah blood rise i've heard this is good this is our second sub second or third subspecies movie Ooh, we, don't know. we did blood stone is that one of them? that's subspecies two yeah we did that one um, I, I don't know if we've done another one. It's funny because some of them have subspecies first, and some of them have subspecies after the title. It's just like Rambo. <laughs> yeah. Um, first blood, second blood. Yeah, and then Rambo colon third blood, then fourth blood colon Rambo four. So, so, <laughs> so bloody. They drew first blood. Is that, is that Rambo? No, that, that was me. I said that. <laughs> No, that was, that was John Rambo. It's not the first time you've confused your life with <laughs> that of John Rambo. Uh, okay. So, yeah, get si- excited about that, guys. I'm excited. Are you excited? I'm excited. I'm so sweaty. That episode about it. is going to suck. <laughs> suck you. Get it? Because vampires. Yeah. Yeah, I got it. That's totally what I was going to say. Suck it. <laughs> Uh, so get, yeah, get excited for that, guys. We're going to have a good time. Fucking, fucking party. Fucking rager. <laughs> uh, until then, where can people find us? You can find us at greatplotpodcast.com, as well as wherever you listen to your podcast. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Give us five stars. Put a little something in the text box. Doesn't matter what it is. We're not even going to read it. But <laughs> uh, Apple and them, they, they like it when you do that. So you can just tell us uh, your favorite vampire movie. Tell us uh, why, which, what's your favorite Hotel Transylvania? Tell us what, what color your underwear is. Tell us what color your underwear is, sure. Also, make sure to follow us on social media. We are on uh, everything except Twitter as Grave Plot Podcast. And on Twitter, we are Grave underscore Plot. But don't use Twitter. But don't use, I, yeah. Twitter's a cesspool. Twitter's awful. I finally went private on my personal Twitter. Did you? Yeah. I don't even use it. I don't, I don't, I don't, like, Rand, I don't like Randall's talking to me. <laughs> I mean, I guess when you don't engage people, they don't engage you. So yeah, I just I, I don't. I always say when I like reply to someone I know, and then some guy is just like starts telling me I'm woke or something. Like I, I don't know you. Yeah. Who are you? Who are you? Who are you? You just tell them they have no dick. There's no comeback to that. It's true. <laughs> it's like this man has no dick. I have proof. <laughs> this man blows coats. <laughs> All right, guys. Well. uh... We'll catch you on the flip side. On the flippy floppy. That's what cool guys say. Catch you on the flippy flop. Uh, until then. Wait, no, you did that. I did it. The other thing. Uh, did you say Graveplot Film Fest? I did it. Okay. Graveplotfilmfest.com, filmfreeway.com, slash Graveplotfilmfest. Submit your film today. Tickets go on sale Halloween day. Also, remember, patreon.com, slash Podcast. If you want some exclusives in exchange for a little bit of money, you can also donate to the show on PayPal, uh, paypal.me slash Podcast. We love money. Guys. We love money, and it all goes back into the show. It does not go into our pockets. It does not go into our veins. 
Let's not go up our noses. We, or, don't, or we don't do hard drugs. Or up our butts. Or up our butts. We don't, we don't boot anything. We, don't put, we, don't we, put, we no longer boot hard drugs. We don't, we don't butt chug money. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. So until we speak again, I am Skeletoni. I am Taylor of Terror. And this has been the Grave Plot Podcast, where we're all a little dead inside. <laughs>